Hi, this is martial art master Daniel Pacina. You know me as Johnny Cage, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Reptile, and Smoke. You are tuning in to Video Game Bullshit. And if you're not, finish him. So get over here. Episode 103, it is Video Game Bullshit. <laughs> How you guys doing? Doing great, recovering still from MGC, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> and we got Eric here with us, finally, you were like hiding in the corner last recording. <laughs> yes, yes I was, but I'm happy to finally uh, get this thing rolling. Exactly, and his camera looks way better than ours, so we're already going to be upgrading our, our cameras. Mine's archaic and old, and Tristan, yours is an old one, too? or Yeah, I yeah, think I'm, I'm shooting with, with a potato, potato, so it's fine. Shooting using a potato sounds about the okay. most normal Tristan thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> um, so we got the, the scrolling ticker going on, on YouTube so everybody can follow along. We did hit uh, anything new. We did hit um, 550 subscribers, so milestones, milestones. Yeah. Yeah, we're stretching along. So what should we go for next? Go for 575? I say we, uh, let's go for a million. Million <laughs> subscribers, people. Um, the thing is, though, is let's if you're... Get the play button, baby. Yeah, but if you if if everybody's watching along with us when you tune in, if you subscribe, it's going to pop up over us. So it's going to be hilarious with mouth meat from Robot Name Fight going crazy. So definitely make sure you subscribe to the channel like on this. <laughs> and goes um Because it's much more funny. Um, we are trying out a little bit later of a time. It's um you know 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, because as I move cross country to Hawaii, um, it's going to be even later. So uh, by the time I'm able to be off work, I'm going to have to record like early Hawaii time. I'll, I'll be on the beach or something crazy. It'll be like bright out, and you guys will be like nighttime. <laughs> it'll be hilarious. Um, yeah, uh, it, it'll be some pretty late, late nights, night, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's worth it, though. It'll be great. It'll be like, yeah. a, it'll be like a sleepover. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got the whole night skyline behind you right now, Coffin. <laughs> I keep it classy. <laughs> Keeping it classy. Um... Other than that, the only stuff that's not in the itinerary that's new, besides for we're going to let um, Coffin introduce himself, um, is that the complete NES Kickstarter is live, um, over 200% funded, which means we've already hit a stretch goal, which is awesome. Um, and so it's really awesome and surprising because it is the, you know, the second printing of it. So it's kind of like a little definitive reprint. So it's really awesome. Um, as we hit another stretch goal, if we do, you know, it's just adding more quality upgrades. So make sure everybody share it, um, back it, support. Um, we all, we definitely appreciate it and it'll help us grow. 
But yeah, and it's it's for those slackers like me that missed uh, missed it on the first go round. Um, I didn't hear about your books until it was a little too late. Coffin here though, he's been following you guys from the beginning. So kudos OG. to him. OG. <laughs> well, with Jeff, you know, like it was awesome that he had a book that that could help me uh, locate NES games, and then from there, you know, I did some of the articles inside of his book for his Kickstarter and supporting him, and then it was really cool to meet him at Game One Expo and uh, support him through all of his uh, journey through his, uh, you know, his uh, his books. Well, actually, I think that's a pretty cool segue, Coffin to you introducing yourself because I want to hear this damn game on Expo because I heard some stories. Oh, no. And we're bullshitting. <laughs> and we're bullshitting. So, um, and hello. I saw I saw we have uh, we have our first chatter coming in today. Uh, what's going on? But go ahead, Coffin. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself and then we got to go into some stories. All right, my name's uh, Eric Hoffman. Uh, I've been collecting probably since 1999. Uh, I used to, I'm pretty much an old schooler, and where I would basically, uh, I would basically harass game stores a long time ago and try to get as much collections as I can. My goal was always to try to make a Blockbuster video. My mom used to take me there all the time, so I always used to go on Blockbusters and be like, how can anyone actually own all these games? And I was like, if I had enough money someday, I'm going to actually try it. And so what I would do is I would go back a generation and I would, uh, I would collect the, the, say for example, like a Super Nintendo was out and being popular, I would go back and do Nintendo. And so I've been doing it for years. And then uh, meeting people in the community, uh, I met you at, like I said, I met you at Game One Expo. Uh, but beforehand, it was like, <laughs> we did like that stepbrothers thing. Like, did we just become best friends? Because when I went there, uh, you were the, the only nicest person to me when I was there. And then you were so frustrated with me because I didn't bring, like, I could have brought your book to you. <laughs> But uh, it, you made it fun for me uh, when I was there. I had I had some bad things happen there. I don't want to go into them. I, I love John, and it's not his fault. It just it was just a lot of craziness that happened uh, when me and my wife went there. Uh, but, but I'm happy to uh, be a part of this. Uh, it was cool to support you because I always like to support people and their goals. I do the same thing with a uh, with a bar here, and I'm just happy to be along for the ride. I mean, you know, and and Abara, Tristan, yeah. The man of a million nicknames from the, the last weekend. I'm sure we might go into the stories a little bit. But. <laughs> <laughs> I still I still like the uh, the main one though the main the main nickname Saint Tristan of Abara. <laughs> Saint Tristan, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good one. Love it. Uh, that's so good. But yeah, like I want you to go into details, but it's okay if you don't want to throw out shade on people or whatever. Because I know some some I, people. I, you know, I I don't feel like it's throwing shade though, because he he uh, he, dude, you should you should at least talk about like you know the celebrity that you met that you had like a bad experience with that one, because you have a redemption arc. We can come back to it because we're going to be talking about this MGC and, hmm. and you know your redemption arc gets completed interesting okay so i'll tell you a funny story first uh so i got in vip to game on expo that was the first attention so i went in there uh, i walked around i was just kind of like starstruck for a minute i was like wow i see the game chasers and i see wood hawker and i see all these people and i'm like cool i was like i gotta go to the bathroom really quick so i went into the bathroom and uh ian from Ian was in there so ian was on to my left and I was on, like, to the far right. We kind of left the middle open. 
So we're just going to the bathroom, and uh, Jax came into the bathroom, and he, he screamed, like, Woo! Yeah, from Mortal Kombat. And he screamed, like, Woo! I got to handle this gotcha. monster immediately. Gotcha. And he ran to the stall, and he put his hands on me and uh, me and Ian, and then uh, he went to the bathroom, and then he's like, Woo! I'm glad I handled that monster. And he just walked out, and then it was completely silent. And so it was just me and Ian, and we just basically locked eyes with each other. We giggled, and then we just walked out. <laughs> I was like, I just took a piss with Jax. It was awesome. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, and by the way, um, I just realized that I still had my speaker going on my television, so I just moved it to my ear. So might be a little bit of feedback on the first uh, eight minutes, but that's okay. Mm. It'll be all right. <laughs> but the second, the second incident that happened was just, it was just kind of craziness. Uh, we, the Mortal Kombat was the 25th anniversary, so I went up to the, I went up to, you know, get my signatures, I paid my money, and then, uh, it was a, there was a guy sitting there, and I paid the money to him, and I, you know, was, I brought my Mortal Kombat over to it, and there was this whole deal where they were like, well, actually, you owe us money for each person, but I was like, well, they didn't really explain that, so I got kind of fired up about it and and uh, and, and just kind of walked away. And so this whole rib was I was <laughs> I had this this interview with Johnny Cage, uh, Master Piscina, and uh, I would <laughs> I would always joke around like I'm never playing Johnny Cage on the original Mortal Kombat machine, not doing it. And the bar had to hear this rib like forever. So then like we when we went to to MGC, we were in the booth area and uh, a bar was just giggling because every time Master Piscina would walk by me, I was just like. I was like, I'm not going to say hi to him. I'm not going to do anything with him. Nothing with Johnny Cage. Nothing at all. And, and just joking around and stuff and just kind of keeping the rib going. And then finally, uh, he was actually uh, buying items for the autographs. And so I actually got a chance to talk to him. I told him the whole rib and joke about it. I told him that I was, you know, I've always been a big fan of his. And I just kind of like make, made amends with him and just said, hey, I just think you're really awesome. And, and Master Piscina, I'll say this honestly, he was uh, very sweet to me me uh he said who's your favorite mortal kombat character he brought over scorpion he signed stuff for me uh very sweet across the board he even helped me uh get some autographs from the uh, the nba jam guys and he was nothing but professional and i i will say this live i want to apologize to him uh he is the sweetest person ever and i'm so happy that uh i have uh you know the the johnny cage fatality autograph and uh it's hanging up my wall now and i'm really appreciative of what he did for me <laughs> Yeah, he went from uh, trying to piscina twenties from you to uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's what like that's what Kyle said back in the days. Like I got piscina because he like he just wanted a um, a signed picture and piscina got an, a selfie autograph with him, um, which turned out amazing by the way because I we have it framed here at the house. Um, but uh, Johnny Cage is like the nicest freaking dude. Like Daniel Master Daniel Piscina, nicest dude you'll ever meet. Like him and I go back like way too long now and we didn't get to get in any damn trouble this year which is unfortunate but we can we can talk that um and we can say as much shade yeah, if, yeah. as you guys want to because i'll throw some shade out there um <laughs> i am okay with that uh next on the agenda as the scrolling ticker goes up what has jeff been up to oh my goodness so the scroller ticker still going by the way it's still going even though i stopped it <laughs> i went all the way to tristan uh, um, so what have I been up to? So did the MGC thing, right? Um, and then we did Kyle's memorial. 
um, which was nice. Did a nice closure. Uh, linked up with Memblers. Uh, Memblers, uh, for those of you that don't know that are listening, he is the godfather, the creator. I would say the father of NES Homebrew. He's the guy who created it. Um, he's the guy that reversed engineered the NES back in the 90s and made everything that we have with emulation and everything possible. Um, that dude and Kyle would go back, um, you know, many, many years in MGC. Uh, there was a, a meme that I saw that Memblers sent that said, are you a bad enough dude to get your vape back from Memblers? Because he took Kyle's vape pen. <laughs> it was like hilarious. Um, mm. But anyways, we did a nice uh, memorial. We had a church memorial for Kyle's mom um, where I spoke and uh, our buddy John spoke and my wife spoke. Um, nobody else though, which was very interesting, but we did. Um, and then we went to the gravesite and we all buried giant battle swords into his um, grave, which he had requested. If anything ever happened to him, that we had to play Don't Follow from um, Alice in Chains. So um, we did that. We did the whole, you know, the whole swords. It was really nice. Um, by the way, drinking tequila the whole time. Um, definitely needed. Had a little bit of tequila tonight, too, just to prep. Um, and then after that, we went to Casa del Mar, which was Kyle and I's MGC stomping grounds the day before MGC. Kyle and I would go there. Um, and drink pitchers of margaritas. And so we got pitchers of margaritas. We got his queso fundido. And then we all told stories. Uh, so we had a bunch of people, their friends and family, sitting around a long table, Jim Morrison style. And we did a feast of friends. And that was my wife's idea. Really awesome idea. So it was a fitting, cool closure representative of Kyle. Um, during that week, though, I also packed up the entire house. Got that all into storage. Um... The coolest part of the story, and I don't think I told you guys about this. Um, so my wife picked a storage unit, right? Um, and I was just like, we need a nice, secure one. Uh, she ended up picking this place on Route 30 and 41 near the corner. Ironically, she didn't know this, but she picked the parking lot area where they had the trains for Kitty Land that we went to as kids. This was like a little wow. Northwest Indiana park like tiny kids park, like it is an awesome thing. But it's like literally where we went is where Kyle's stuff is right now. And like right behind us, there's this big field that was empty where they had all the rides. And I'm like, I'm like, we have Kyle's stuff and Kitty. Like it couldn't have been more perfect. Like the stars aligned, really, really cool. Um, really representative of who he was. Um, and of course he'll be missed. Um, but. Uh, he wanted us to continue on with video game bullshit. Happy to have you guys on. It's going to be badass times. Um, and then after that, I went to my in-laws and finally got my Hacienda Margarita flights. Because there's a lot of tequila this weekend. It was a fun time. And then drove all the way back here. And now I'm getting the house ready for me. So, um, you know, it was, it was a rough week. Um, I know I was a little bit off at MGC as well because I was you know, prepping for the whole week of insanity. Um, yeah, dealing with all that stuff, sure. But yeah, now that I was able to, you know, because I wanted to do right by Kyle. That was my main, like, why I was, you know, concerned. And so I, I feel like we did as good as we possibly could. Um, now all the collection will be in storage for the next few years while I'm in Hawaii. Uh, when I get done with Hawaii, uh, I, we're going to move it all 
and then we're going to open up Unky Kyle's Retrozeum. Um, it's retrozeum.com, unkykyles.com, uh, higginsalley.com. It's going to all go to the same website. Um, I already started working on the website, but we will initiate it. But that will be after we have um, the collector community be aware of what actually is there after we categorize and, and um, go through and catalog everything. So everybody will have first dibs, for example, um, which would be really nice. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of all I've been up to right now. Um, I mean, we talked about it because I'm still military. I haven't retired yet. Um, I had to take a PT test this morning. So, yeah, still crushed it because, yeah, <laughs> not retired <laughs> yet. Not retired yet. I will be soon. Very soon. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I think you're up, Tris. Oh, let's see. Well, mine's mine's going to be a lot shorter than yours. Um, You've been going I, crazy, I, I, dude. <laughs> yeah, I've been going crazy, but it's been kind of like a one-note thing, though. Um, uh, I mean, lately, and, you know, we're going to get to this, too. Like, I, I've been... Um, we, we have a normal guy with Premium Edition that does our editing for our uh, directs and um, any of our, basically, press conferences that we put on YouTube to to uh, clue you guys in on what what's next for premium. Um, I'm really the only, I, I, I don't know if I'm the only person, only other person on the team that can do video editing, but, um, basically it, it fell onto me to do the direct. Um, and, and, you know, of course I'm, I'm happy to do it. It's just, uh, the time, uh, is the problem. I, I, I don't have a whole lot of time to do this kind of stuff because, you know, just like Jeff, I have a, j- a day job. Just like Hoff and I have a day job. Got a job. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we've got adult stuff to take care of. Uh, so, um, St. Tristan I, of Abara came out. I, I, I managed to get it done, though. Like, and I'm, I'm actually proud of how it turned out. So I'm I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that you know, yeah. a little bit more in detail later. I, I got a little um, bit of a teaser already, and, and it, it looks amazing. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I just uplo- uploaded it, like, right before we went live here. And, <laughs> and full disclosure, it would have been uh, it would have been live uh, about an hour, or uh, uploaded about an hour earlier, but uh, I fell asleep on my couch over there. Um, like, I, I didn't mean to, and thank goodness... My wife woke me up because I might have slept through this podcast. I am so exhausted. <laughs> I'm still nar- still narcoleptic, and I'm I'm getting through like all this medication. Like they put me on one thing, which I tried for like four days, and um, it turned out that uh, it gave me blurry vision. Like I sat down at my computer one time, and I'm <laughs> like, "Holy crap! I can't read." So they 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 stopped me from taking that. Obviously, they put me on Adderall. <laughs> it had no effect. They doubled the, the dose. It had no effect. And then I told them about that. They're like, okay, stop doing that. I'm like, well, what do I do in the meantime? They're like, ah, sorry. You got to go to a neurologist. So I have to wait about a month and a half before I can, uh, you know, figure out what's going on with me. So hopefully I don't fall asleep at the wheel. <laughs> yeah. It's not, well, not a good situation. I can but. 100% understand, though, why you'd have been tired, though, because you've been like concentrating on getting this editing done and sure I mean, yeah some jerks this guy didn't record till like yesterday <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i was like traveling oh. and i like messaged you guys i'm like i just got home if i don't if it don't hit me up now i'm gonna pass out and i passed out like, <laughs> oh for real man I, I mean yeah we've we've just been going non-stop and like you know recovering from that con like 
it's exhausting. It's uh, it's a couple of days, but it's nonstop, and um, it was you know insane. you you really don't know how exhausting it is until you go through one of those, and especially if you're a vendor and and uh, have to do that sort of thing and set up and tear down. Um, so besides recovering from MGC, there was really only one other thing that uh, is worth noting, and uh, Coffin was there for it. He actually, I, I asked him if he would come over and help me move an exercise bike upstairs. And uh, it was still in the box. <laughs> I didn't know. So I have I have four cats. I'm a, I'm a cat dad. Um, cat two daddy. younger ones, two older ones. Uh, but the two younger ones were upstairs on the landing. Uh-oh. And I didn't know that. Well, when we were bringing up the box, we spooked them both to the point where they were like just freaked out and trying to get out of there. Um, one of them jumped off of the landing, like about 15 feet down to the floor. And he's, he's a 16 pound cat. So he didn't land gracefully. He, he broke a canine and, uh, ended up, ended up bruising his lungs. We, we took him to the emergency vet, of course, you know, had him stay overnight for observation just to make sure that he was okay. That was about $1,400 bill. Um, (laughs) but he's doing good. I'm glad. Oh, was worth it. Yeah, coffin scared him. <laughs> no, no, coffin with that. So, no, no, he felt so, so bad. So basically, what happened was so it's no one's fault. So what happened was I was going up the stairs. I had the I had the bike in my hand, and the cat he had uh, three little spots where the cats like can sleep in. He was in the middle, and he popped out. And I was trying to be like a cop and try to negotiate, like with the cat, <laughs> like no, 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 don't jump, please, please don't jump. Please don't jump. And so then at first he like he calmed down, and then when I went to try to move the the box over to the far left away from him, he just went right through the middle, and he like spreaded his hands out like real far. And all I could do was just watch him hit. And I was like, oh my god! I, I was like, I hope this cat is not dead. <laughs> and I felt so bad because I tried to stop the from happening, but there was like no chance of it like stopping. He went because he contemplated like going through the rails. Like he went forward, looked. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. And then the second time, he's like, oh, I'm gone, and just jumped. It yeah, was and, pretty scary. And that particular cat, his name is Koopa Troopa. Well, that day he uh, he he graduated to Koopa Paratroopa, so I I've changed his name. <laughs> we got a poor Bowser in the chat, but it was the Paratroopa. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it wasn't Bowser. Bowser's Bowser's one of the older guys, and I don't think he would have survived that fall. Bowser ain't Bowser ain't jumping for nothing. No. <laughs> Craziness. Um, we can uh, transition over to bullshit news. I think a couple of the things I shot over to you we're going to cover separately from the main news. Um, the only main thing that I've seen that, that piqued my interest this week so far, um, there are two things. Um, but one of them, have you guys seen the HD texture packs in Messin? The emulator, the NES emulator. No. no yeah, so no. apparently this is a thing. Um, there was this YouTube channel, Sitka or something like that, with a one in the name. Um, he did some kind of um, channel reveal, but he showed like Zelda 2, and it looked like Super Nintendo. Um, and Ninja Gaiden looked amazing, and Mega Man, and with all these amazing backgrounds. And he's like, this is not Super Nintendo. This is running on NES hardware. With upgraded textures. It's kind of like you would put textures on a PC game. Um, and Messin apparently does this. 
So Dang. I just saw that before YouTube started, and I, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And then like you know, I've seen them do so many crazy things with the emulators, like especially like you know the the three D ones where you can kind of go sideways on them and get seen it all that. in three D, and then. The virtual reality, like they had Contra that you could actually play in virtual reality, which was was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that earlier, and I, it like blew my mind. I was like, wow, that does really look like a 16-bit game. And I'm hoping that maybe sometime down the road they can make some carts for those for those games, which would be <laughs> awesome. Well, if it can play on actual hardware, I know the emulator, it won't work on the hardware. Um, however, I mm-hmm. bet there's a way to get that to work on a Steam Deck or something, so that way you can yeah, there you play go. it with that emulator on the Steam Deck. Um, I think that'll be an option. Getting on an actual cartridge, though, it would probably require some hardware mods. Um, if only I knew the guy who reverse-engineered the Nintendo. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll give Memblers a challenge. and be like, hey, dude, <laughs> can you get this to so work? I, I, it out. I actually... I actually know that that can be done because yeah, uh, you know how like they're like uh, the 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 joke is can it play Doom? Well, I I've got uh, an NES cart for Ultimate Doom that uh, a modern buddy of mine built for me. But it, I mean, it's got a, a Retro Pie inside the cartridge, but yeah. it it actually runs on the the actual hardware. Um, so it's possible. Yeah, it's just. Figuring out how to get whatever the texture readings are to work on the hardware and all that. That would be ridiculous, though. Truly, yeah. like, NES 2 at that point. Like, yeah. Like, that's for real. Um, is there anything else in the news that we didn't, that we're not going to cover separately? Because there's the, the couple of premium news that we're going to talk about. Um, <clears throat> what else is going was, on? There was only one thing that, um, I mean, it kind of happened in the last couple of weeks. I don't. I don't remember exactly what day, but it's since our last podcast. Yeah. E3 was canceled. E3 was canceled. That was while we were at MGC. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I you know I'm kind of bummed because like E3 was one of those things that like I looked forward to every year. Um, it's you know I I, I kind of like it. A, to uh or liken it to the home run derby like the baseball home run derby i look forward to it and i'm get so excited for it and then whenever i watch it i'm just disappointed but every year i get so hyped up for it um you know e3 used to be like our christmas like it was oh my gosh what's next um but now we have we're just inundated with so much information all the time e3 kind of lost its luster Nintendo's got their directs. PlayStation's got their state of uh, state of uh, PlayStation. You know, like so. E three kind of lost its purpose. And um, I'll say honestly, say. with mine was like it's like a rivalry because you get to see who. It's kind of like like I watch football. I'm a big Washington fan. You have Dallas Cowboys and Eagles, and you would just sit there and watch all three, and, you, and basically everyone would talk about who won the E three. You know, who was having the best E uh, three. Yeah that year and you also get excited because you also knew that either it was new games or surprise consoles getting dropped at the same time so you got to see that live which was amazing uh i think nintendo kind of kind of everyone does what nintendo does so they did the direct and they're like wow you know what i can save all this money and i can take that away from you know me having to do all these things for E3, you know, all the logistics work and all those things like that and so then you know somebody's like well that's a genius idea and they all followed it 
And I think Nintendo honestly took down E3 based on yeah. their directs. I, well, I, I think you're absolutely right. And don't forget, too, that other uh, you know industry shows popped up that took what E3 should have turned into, which is essentially PAX. When PAX came up and, oh, GDC, yeah, PAX. and GDC popped yeah, yeah. up, you know, you have your game developers doing these massive conventions where they're showing off their new games. Why would you go to E3 and go across the street in a parking lot to show off your stuff because you can't make it afford to be in the main area? Um, yeah. Because that's what E3 needed to evolve into when the internet pops up and all the, the main companies are just doing their own thing because it's much more impactful. Like your premium edition games, for example, I think what they should have done is they should have went to the indies and had the indies release show their releases on E3 instead of going to the big companies like Microsoft and all them. Kind of downgrade a little bit, let let the indie developers uh, show off their games and promote their games, and they probably would have been able to, to to stay in business. Yeah, I mean it's it's lack of support is basically what it was because I know um. Uh, some of our team members, like Scott, was looking for premium. Was looking to go get a, a pass just to go walk around and you know do a little bit of a schmoozing, and mm-hmm. it, that's all he was gonna do because it ain't worth us going to set up there. And so it's no, like no. that's what it turned into. It's like, eh. Um, in the well, end, I can't though, even imagine how much it would have cost for us to set up there. Like, um, wouldn't have done it. it it's probably you know part of the problem. Like E three, E three is a you know they were they were in business to make money. They're they're not doing it just out of the kindness of their heart. No. Um, no. So Nintendo at some point, just like Coffin alluded to, they're like uh, you know why are we doing this if we can just do it on our own? That was the one bubble that did pop already. <laughs> also COVID too, because the fact is they uh, realized yeah, that COVID. they could do it at home. Because if you think about it, like the NFL draft and all these things that people were doing, they were doing videos from home and they're like, well, we could do it right at our headquarters. We just hire the people that we need to do and then promote our games that way. And what happens all the time as soon as Nintendo direct drops, it immediately goes crazy on Facebook and all social media outlets. So th- everyone's like, well, we don't have to do this anymore. We can just do it from our, do it from our own headquarters and promote our own games. With good production and everything. Yep, 100% right. Like, yeah, the COVID angle is, is something I didn't even think about. Like, um, you know, there there are a lot of uh, industries. I mean, like, dude, business, uh, people working from home. Uh, it was unheard of at the time, but, you know, COVID kind of, like, born. it was born out of necessity. And now all these people realize that they can do it this way. And they don't have to occupy all these, like, expensive office spaces. And, um, you know, there's really no going back from that after you realize that you don't have to pour in all this money to occupy a physical space when everyone's online anyway. Kind of a necessary transition that happened faster than it was going to, naturally. Pretty awesome, actually. Really interesting. Um, There was one other thing in the news that I saw. Um, I think it popped yesterday. Um, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has a wall scroll from Walmart. Oh, yeah. That shit was sold out by the time I saw it, but <laughs> looks cool. I thought it, it says golden wall scroll, even though the picture didn't look gold. It was gold colored, but it didn't look like it was shiny. If that thing is no. shiny, I'll probably buy it from a scalper or something, because I, I missed out. Yeah? 
Hmm. I was, There's also I was, that uh, that wall that wall art thing that GameStop's doing as well. They're they're doing a their own exclusive as well, and I think all stores are doing ex- like their own little exclusives for it. I don't think mm. I've even pre-ordered the game yet. I pre-ordered the Switch, <laughs> but I didn't pre-order the game because um, we had alluded to it in the last recording that my um, Metroid Prime Remaster may look muddy comp- because I don't have an OLED. Well, pulled the trigger and. I was able to get the Zelda Switch, which I get all the Zelda consoles usually when they come out. So that's like on my on brand for me. Um, take it with me to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. I, yeah. I with that Wall Scroll, I was I was actually wondering like what sort of you know because it's a giveaway by Walmart. How how good a quality could it be? Um, but then whenever they said yeah it's gold, I'm wondering like are they using gold thread in this thing or? I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Don't know. Uh, I I did think it looks pretty rad. That's for sure. Yeah. You remember the mug I got for uh, Metroid Dread that I showed you, Abara? The, oh, the yeah, one that, that I had to hunt word. down for. <laughs> and I got I got my Metroid Dread mug, which is awesome. <laughs> I haven't heard of that one. Now, um, one of the random things that I got in the mail, um, I finally got in my copy of Kirby, the new Kirby game. And it had, like, these pin stickers taped to the front like a pre-order bonus so i don't oh. know what that came with like it's actually right here um but like yeah this little pen sticker thing it's called a paper clip but it's cardboard it's definitely cardboard oh. so i don't know but it's just like taped to the front of it and it, i got it from uh plasia or east asia soft or whatever the website is plasia <laughs> Jeff, you you say the new Kirby game, uh, which which of the uh, twenty five that Nintendo put out last huh. week? Well, um, Return to Dreamland Deluxe that I finally got in, okay. <laughs> number uh, fourteen. Number <laughs> fourteen. Um, one other thing I didn't show off. I don't, I don't know. I I think I've showed it to you, Tristan. Is this thing, which is my awesome premium edition games wooden book that I got done. Where it opens up yeah. and has game cases and games, and I have our first ten on the on the side, so I'm just gonna fill it out as we release games. We got some of the other new stuff. Yeah, dude, it is awesome. It has a magnet binding in it. it. Makes a nice little noise when you shut it. It holds a crap ton of games, and it has a wooden hinge when it opens. <laughs> that is so sick. Dude. It, is. it was not that expensive too. It was like you know twenty, forty, eighty. I don't know. Now they, I think it was like forty bucks, like super freaking cool, and you can put whatever you that's want. That's crazy, man. Of course, I put premium. You have the on. coolest. <laughs> you have the coolest custom stuff made, man. I just find random shit, and I'm like, oh, this will be cool. Um, I got one that's like a pinball machine. I can play pinball on the Switch. Like it's random stuff man. that I have. Random stuff, man. I just see cool stuff, and I'm like, oh, this might be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at getting a light box made for a custom marquee that my wife may have taken from an MGC talk we'll do later. <laughs> may have? May have. <laughs> I have to message. I have to send a message and be like, yeah, my wife swiped it. I thought she would. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's see. What's up next on the bullshit news tally? I got I got one more thing, and, uh-huh. and I'll, uh, I'll turn it over to the coffin. I just got these in the mail uh, the other day, and I mean, you know, why not uh, um, rep premium edition at the same time? Um, I may or may not have gone a little crazy 
and ordered a bunch of copies of Rack and Ruin. What the heck? You can see here. A <laughs> <laughs> little blurry on my camera, but I think you can you can see I've I've got quite blurry a few camera man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Sorry. I'll fix that next uh next um week. Apparently coffin uh cracked the code and well now we know that it's my camera that's the problem, it's not the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I got one thing for the news for you guys that uh, yeah. I want to bring up to you that uh, no one's really aware of, and it's been kind of put under the radar. On uh, the Resident Evil 4 remake, uh, Capcom snuck in microtransactions. There's <laughs> tickets on there now where you can upgrade your guns to the, the best potential you can on the game. And so they're charging people uh, to get these tickets to upgrade their weapons faster. It'll win. Why? Oh boy! <laughs> People are lazy. <laughs> like they always just do that crap. Are you so sure annoying. Konami didn't do that? Sounds Cap- like a very Konami thing to do. Sounds like a very Capnami. <laughs> Capnamis, like crazy stuff, man. Yeah, no, no to microtransactions. Always no. Craziness. So I was uh, scrolling and scrolling, and something popped up, and the next thing on the the. The topic board. It says Poglings. Yes. Yes. What's Poglings? Jeff? Poglings. So, um, Poglings is a game that Premium Edition Games is working on. Um, essentially, uh, Chad Tronic from YouTube has been working on a game for five years and, um, reached out to us, and we were talking, doing the physical version of his, basically, tributes to the Chow Garden of Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, um, the Chow Garden thing. Um, however, yeah. it's like, we, we played the game, the initial demo or whatever, and we were like, oh my god, this looks like perfect. This looks exactly like we wanted it to on, um, you know, like, for a brand new game. It's made in Unreal. Um, he's still working on a lot of the little nuances in it because he's adding tons and tons and tons of stretch goals. Um, the Kickstarter went live today, and it's already, and I want to say maybe it's been up not even 12 hours, and it's already, like, crushed almost every stretch goal. They've had to create new ones. Um, the latest one, which he even kept from us, is that Grant Kirkhope is doing a song for the game. You know, Grant Kirkhope created the, you know, was did music for Banjo-Kazooie, did music for Conquer, um, did music for, did the DK rap. Like, <laughs> like, guy's a legend. And so he's gonna be, um, doing a song for Apocalypse, which is cool. Um, there's a ton of stuff to this game, though, because you can, like, hatch different Poglings and evolve them, and then you can, like, race them and do interactions and different other things with NPCs that have different missions, and it's a whole interactive adventure game. Um, it's gonna be ridiculous, man. I, I just checked the Poglings Kickstarter page. They just cracked one hundred and forty thousand dollars. They're almost at they're almost at twenty two hundred backers, and it's been what like nine, ten hours, something, like, some some ridiculously little number like that. Like holy crap! 
And it's like amazing to be associated. There's so much cool stuff that we're doing. Um, it will be Premium Edition's first plushie that we're working on with, with Chad. Um, Chad is um, doing a lot of quality control with us too when it comes to all these items. So it will be at, you know, raising the bar to another level of what we do. So the quality is just going to be through the roof um, on every nuance. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're going on the the size of the fins on the uh, on the plushie and making sure everything that we had was perfect because we didn't just t make a three D render like we actually had pictures of the real thing um, mm -hmm. on the on the on the, on the <clears throat> Kickstarter. So really cool to be involved with it, um, and uh, I think that game's gonna be killer. Game's gonna be ridiculous. Um, Am I missing anything on Poglings? What What do you, Coffin? What do you think about Poglings when you saw it, man? Immediately thought of Sonic Adventure. Uh, I'm a big fan of that series on the Dreamcast, and so when I used to play Dreamcast, that's huh. Oh, did we lose him? He just paused on us. Yeah, he did. He was talking about Dreamcast, and he went bloop. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so definitely reminiscent of Sonic Adventure. Basically, what I do now, you know, the era of Dreamcast, and uh, <laughs> they're also into you know like PS2 and GameCube kind of era games. So I think this is a perfect time to drop it uh, for you guys. Very interesting that you just cut out there too, Coffin. <laughs> Sorry about yeah, that. We, Can you hear me now? Yo, yeah, yeah no, we're, you're we're good. good. Now we we just missed about ten ten seconds about after you started. Okay, so I apologize. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> So, so basically, I say the it, you know I like Sonic Adventure. I love the series for Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast. It's my favorite Sonic game of all time. Uh, I also like the uh, you know the the way they had those type of uh, gameplay within uh, Sonic Adventure. So I said it was awesome that they they're able to release it at the perfect time because this generation kind of grew up in that Dreamcast era. So I think it's yeah. going to be definitely beneficial that everyone's going to get excited about it. That's oh. that's actually a perfect uh, a perfect example. I mean, like perfect point because right now, you know, uh, we we've been talking about like as collectors, what's hot at the moment. Yeah, now the the kids who grew up playing the Dreamcast and the GameCube, they uh, they they're they're in the workforce now with some expendable income. So the GameCube and Dreamcast and that generation are starting to explode in price. So uh, right now, yeah, perfect time for Poggins to come out because that generation is going to be able to buy this. Yeah, it's like a perfect storm. Um, I'm you know ninety nine point nine percent sure that you know that's exactly why Chad made the game or wanted to work with the team who's making the game um, because like that's what drove him as a, as a kid growing up too. And um, I mean, that's like high school time for me, and I loved Sonic Adventure, the original. I was obsessed with it. Um, yeah, dude, it's so good. And um, I never did take the little, you know, VMU around and, and raise my Chow, um, <laughs> but I did play it. I played the Chow <clears throat> Garden though in the game, um, for sure. Um, but I did raise some damn Chocobos in Final Fantasy VII. I got that golden Chocobo, <laughs> and all that shit. Same thing. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I was just too burnt out on the journey. Funny though. story is like I, I went from basic and uh, I went to the first BX and I actually like this. The first thing I bought with the money that I got from basic was a Dreamcast. I bought Dreamcast and basically every game that got released for the Dreamcast at the time. I wanted to play Resident Evil, of course, but I, I bought Sonic Adventure was like number one on my books. 
had, had that brand Thanks. new military money to make it rain Dreamcast stuff. <laughs> yeah. I awesome. remember buying uh, Shenmue in uh, in tech school for Dreamcast. Wow. Guys, it's insanity. Yeah, I was I was in college with a lot of the, the later games coming out for the Dreamcast. I even got a copy of Sports Jam when it came out. Like, nobody knows sports about Sports Jam. Jam. I remember Sports Jam. That was an obscure one. It's worth some monies now. Sports Jam's um, awesome. Yeah, it's fun as hell. But, um... Should we uh, transition to the next piece? The next piece. Yeah, sure. Something that's going on tomorrow that Tristan has been working on. And we it is got... our Premium Direct. And so yes. um, the Premium Direct is is coming up um, very, very soon. Got some awesome announcements. There will be some talk on Pogglings that we just mentioned as well, um, which is going to be amazing. Um, it's a Switch focus, though. Switch focused. So, um, gonna be lo- talking about our newest games, updates on current stuff, uh, very quick. Uh, but then we're gonna get into the new stuff that's that's coming out for us uh, this spring and through the summer. What else you got, Tristan? I'm sorry, I'm I'm like so out of it because I've been staring at my video editing software for like hours upon hours straight, just. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm probably gonna be like video editing in my sleep. Um, Master. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously, without giving anything away, yeah, we, it's it's like he said, uh, focused on the switch. We have a couple surprises in there. We always do. Come on. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, you know, it's funny because like uh, you know, I'm I'm part of Premium Edition. I work on the games. I test the games. But uh, there's always some surprises for me too, as far as like little details in there that I didn't know about. Yeah. And that was uh, that was no different this time uh, editing this stuff. Like I found out from the script uh, on on a couple pieces of news, so it was news to me too. <laughs> well, one thing that we we were talking about at MGC, um, it's not just all Switch. There's also oh. a retro game that we're releasing. Yes. So we've released retro games in the past, so you know it's not a surprise that we do retro. Um, but we will mm-hmm. be announcing our next retro game. So that'll be really cool. And that's an awesome one, too. Like, everything that we oh, have. Oh, it's super cool. Oh, dude, my gosh. I can't wait to play that one. I, I would say, like, every announcement from here on out is like awesome like for the rest of the time we're premium like it's, like it's always awesome but it's like like, yeah, it's, like I, every single one of them in that direct is a banger like yeah. it's like it's uh, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to every single one of the ones that we're we're uh announcing cannot wait to to have them on my shelf open them up and play them they're gonna be and, super fun i mean the thing is we kind of alluded to it online um when people are asking but um, we will be taking a pause on announcements, at least until, like, the fall time frame. Uh, so that way we can get games in people's hands. So, like, you know, we want to yeah. make sure we get, you know, Raji and Baby Pixels and Love 3 and Eagle Island Twist shipped out and in people's hands. Um, that's my focus over the next few weeks. I'm also moving, so it's going to be a good time to not be, like, announcing new stuff as I'm moving. Um, and we yep. got to get this newer announcements done, the PlayStation done so we got a lot of moving pieces um but i will tell you and we can kind of uh make coffin excited it's the fall one's gonna be insane 
<laughs> I'm really excited for the PlayStation. The PlayStation is like my favorite. So to to have you guys on there, especially with the cool things you guys are going to be doing for those PlayStation releases, I'm really excited about it. And I also like the retro stuff too. So I'm also pretty excited about that. So I can't wait to check it out tomorrow. Damn it. Yeah, it's it's a wild time and. Yeah, we're um we're working with Sony right now to to get all that stuff. That's gonna be a, a fun one. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, the directs are a cool thing. Um, they do take a lot of time though, so I've been trying to convince the team. Oh, let's just do like trailer drops. Everyone's like, no, no, we gotta do, <laughs> we gotta do the the direct. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'll, I'll record. Yeah, I mean, as dude, you know, coming from me who just you know put on all these hours doing the. Uh, the editing for the direct um you know i i honestly think that it's worth it because it's it's a part of who we are as a brand we're, we're known for doing these these directs we have fun with it um and i i love that uh you guys get the entire team involved too it's actually fun to sit there and record yeah i mean i love that we're doing the team i also love that uh barry on our team is interacting and getting all the developers involved so that way they can talk about like what if it's cool that they're doing the physical or a little bit more insight into the game or the processes or all that stuff. Like it's always cool hearing from from all the devs because yeah, I mean that's super cool. It's one of those things that we hear time in and time out with premium is that we're unlike any other company that people are used to dealing with because of, like the passion that we have for it. Um it's going to be up to me and our team to keep that magic, that passion going so it doesn't fizzle out. That's why it's like, oh, we could sign 50 games a year and release a game a week or whatever. Really easy to do something like that. But if we take a step back, we could really do it right, really get the stuff out there. Um, and we're gonna about to talk about it as we transition over to the main topic. Um it's really cool seeing people's reactions to the stuff that we do have out and the stuff that we have released um, and seeing breathing new life into those games as well. So, you know, it's a, it's an interesting, um, you know, diatribe with premium as we, we continue uh, the directs. We're still going to have lots of new stuff. Um, I jokingly say we probably have enough games signed to go to 2026. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, yep. However, you never know when something like Apoglings is going to present itself, and we yeah, add. yeah, you're never gonna say no to Apoglings. It's why we are always going to go a little slower than everyone else because if we get an opportunity to work on something amazing, we can we can put it in there with no stress to the team. Yeah, and um, you know, you kind of uh, hit it on the head whenever you said. Um, you know about our premium directs and taking it slow it's it's part of who we are and and what sets us apart from other companies other unnamed companies that uh, maybe do a little too much um arguably whatever but um that that's who they are that's that's just who, not who are. we are um and i don't know you know like i i came on a a little bit further on in this uh premium edition experiment but um I don't know if you had this in mind from the beginning, but I think we've fallen into a really good place where we have a good reputation. We have a good, uh, we have a good flow of like how things work. Um, people really do enjoy that. Uh, we put the passion, 
uh, first for these games, and the developers get the uh, the due recognition and attention that they deserve that we wouldn't have you know we wouldn't be able to give them otherwise if we were doing too much Um, yeah the one thing that i don't ever want is for a developer to feel like their game's like a number or it's just the next release like i want to be all right we're doing the poggling's launch today and it's all dude like like it's 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 crazy because like you know with, with other companies, um, you know, that, that I used to admittedly buy every release, um, you can't keep up, dude. I don't know how anyone can. It's impossible. Um, and it becomes, you know, different. Um, and, and reality is, is that if, and I, I appreciate you saying we're in like a good, you know, routine. Um, one thing that I've been working on this year is just getting, um, nice standardization of efforts so that way things flow uh the flow this year because if i notice okay this is moving a little too quickly let's pause slow things down give ourselves plenty of time plenty of time to breathe um we got a couple new team members on to help spread you know some of the the different pieces which is nice um but the thing is is we're we're gonna survive if we decide we want to be the hipster artists because we're always going to make cool stuff. Like, I mean, heck, like, we could make whatever for whatever, not even video games. Like, and we can make yeah. the coolest stuff ever. And so, the fact is, is we're all gamers. So, and Nintendo fans and Sony fans and X, we have Microsoft fans too. And, um, you know, it's like, we're going to stick within our favorite hobbies. Um, but, like, if... All those other companies up and closed because they can't afford to do whatever because they're going crazy and ham and or Nintendo decides they want to change things and they're only gonna allow certain amounts of whatever. Um, we're still fine. We're still we move as low. We can still go. Like, exactly. And in, in premium edition, we haven't we haven't pigeonholed ourselves to just do one thing in particular. Like you said, we can do whatever we want. We can make whatever the fuck we want. Uh, oops. <laughs> anyway, hey, we're um, video game bullshit. But, Feel free. <laughs> I was just saying, but like, uh, dude, like, it, just look at if you can see Coffin's game room. It's full, filled with just amazing memorabilia. All this cool skyscrapers shit. behind him, filled with games. I see it behind. Oh him. well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are filled with games. <laughs> no, but his actual game room. You know, if you could see it. It's filled with all this cool stuff in, like, uh, you know, premium. Uh, we're about making all that cool stuff to fill your game room with. Two things I'll say, honestly, uh, and I've talked to Amara about this. Like, currently right now, if you go to your local Target, you go to your local places, it seems like physical games are going away. It just seems like they're disappearing yeah. off the face of the planet. Yep. And what's what's crazy about the whole uh, your your guys' business, which I think is awesome, is that you give people opportunities that would never have a chance to actually, you know, make a physical release for a game. You know, there are other companies that just kind of go way too crazy with it and, and kind of get too, too much flood in the market with it, but... The ones you guys release, uh, every game that I've gotten so far, I've absolutely loved. I tell I tell him all the time that I'm basically obsessed with Right on Your Parade. I cannot stop playing <laughs> that game. I'm basically addicted to it. So ridiculous. Uh, you guys are doing awesome stuff, and it, it was really cool to see. You know, when we you know not to go into MGC, but 
to see everyone so excited to come to your guys' booth and get your new releases and, and just excited to be part of your guys' community that you guys create. You guys have been doing an awesome job. Well, I'll just click the button. We transitioned to MGC. Yeah, that's man. a great transition. That was perfect. <laughs> Dang, man, it's like yeah, it was rehearsed. That was rehearsed. <laughs> um, no, I mean, the thing is, though, it's, it's um, you know, something like an MGC or any of the gaming conventions, um, it's a little bit of validation seeing that what we're doing, people are appreciative. Um, I always say that, you know, when I started making books... I was like, if a couple people dig what I'm doing, I'll do it forever because it's it's really cool that somebody is enjoying something I'm creating. Um, yeah. That's like the best thing, and now it's like we're able to do that on a huge scale. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing is, we do learn too. So like, there's certain stuff where a sticker sheet is way too damn big for the box, and we had to put it in, you know, folded uh, in Randy Prey and Wonderling, and I hated yeah. that. And it's like, do we delay the game for six months so we can get them to fix all this stuff because their shipping was so damn slow? Or do we get it out to people and then just take the hit on, like, yeah, we're not, we don't like stickers. I don't like to do stickers. <laughs> like, it's it's some of those things where we make decisions. Um, in hindsight, it'd be great to just have it right. Um, however, people want their games and we don't want them to wait a year. So it's... Those type of things. But we do learn, and um, I don't like to do what I call tchotchkes, like garbage stuff that you're not going to actually have some kind of use. Um, one thing, though, that everybody did love, the damn pin from me on your parade, that sun pin. Yeah. <laughs> everybody talked about that. Like, they love that damn pin. So it's the designs on the pins. If we make them wacky and cool, like, people are going to dig it. And they're huge, so. Um, so... MGC Midwest Gaming Classic 2023. Ooh, um, man. Let's let's do day by day, um, so we can go real crazy. And I started a day before y'all, so that'll be fun. Um, but um, so Midwest Gaming Classic is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, ran by Dan Lucen, and uh, I've been going there apparently for about eleven or twelve years at this point, which is insane. Um, crazy. Really crazy. Um, I've been a guest there for over 10. Uh, that's when I had my, my first book. Um, this time, Premium was a sponsor. Um, we had a convention-exclusive game, um, which was Cathedral. There was an MGC exclusive. If you missed the Cathedral MGC exclusive, Dan Lucen, who runs it, um, he did say that there will be copies available online this year. Last year, they were not. This year, they'll be available online. So that'll be a good opportunity for those people because I know there was a huge scalping market last year and Dan knew that, so he got extra copies to allow, uh, to not um, to avoid people doing that. Um, with that version, it has a unique slip case for Cathedral. It's actually the B-side of Paul Niemeyer, Mortal Kombat artist's art, where it's a more zoomed-in version of the character. It looks really, really mm-hmm. cool. Um, has MGC on the back with the dates and everything. They're numbered. Um, it comes with a flask that's called a health potion. And it has <laughs> art on it, which is cool. There's four different colors of the health potions. And I didn't even know this till I got there, that he did, for all the games, he did special MGC coins. So there's a cathedral coin 
with the art printed on MGC on the other side. I didn't even know they were doing that. Um, I got two copies for the developer. I didn't let him know that they had coins, so he's going to get special coins in the mail, too, when I when I send it to him. Um, so he's going to get a surprise. Um, but really cool release. Um, that is where Coffin and Tristan, the rabbit hole for premium, is going to be a little crazy. Because if you want to be a completionist collector to get every single item and piece that we've done, I don't even have all the colors of all the flasks. You know what I mean? Like, there's some deep rabbit holes that I know collectors will go to when they want to collect every little instance and piece. Um, and I want yeah. at least one item of everything we do for archival purposes. Um, that's one thing as a company that they people don't do right is archiving things. So I've archived almost everything we've done. Even got the damn wristbands that don't even have, like, that are they're crazy. That we were making a joke that don't have our website on them. But um, classic wristbands. Um, but, um, it's one of those things where that rabbit hole goes super deep. Hmm. But sure does. <laughs> that MGC thing was cool. Um, so I, this year, usually on Thursday, I mentioned it earlier, I would go to like Kyle's house and we would drive up on Friday this year, uh, cause of circumstances, I flew in on Thursday. And so I flew in super, super early in the morning, landed around 10-ish, um, and then uh, as I get off of, because I had like one connection in Charlotte, and then I went from Charlotte to Milwaukee. As I get into Milwaukee, I walk off the plane, I look over at a coffee place, and I'm like, that's Ryan on our team, sitting right there. Just got in. It's like Ryan is sitting at the airport. Um, so Ryan and I linked up, we got up with my nephew, uh, Mikey, and, um, we all went out to lunch at a, like, brewery place, it was pretty cool, and then we finally linked up, Scott got in, which is another team member, and we got, we both got in, um, and then went over to the hotel, uh, chatting with John Riggs from YouTube's, um, which is pretty cool, just hanging out with people that we know. That's one of the cool things of MGC. Um, then after that, uh, they finally started to open the, um, or no, 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 no. Then we decided, the, they finally decided to open our room so we could check into our room. Um, got a little bit of alcohol because tequila weekend is tequila week. Um, every day is tequila day. Um, yeah, we, we did that. And then we all linked up for dinner. We went to this little Miller Time pub thing. And we went to dinner. Um, by the end of the day, or night, uh, we linked up with uh, one of our team members, Joe. Um, Glass Joe is what we called him after this night. Uh, because he got so hammered, uh, he looked like Glass Joe from Punch-Out. While he's sitting there holding the button playing um, Mario Kart with uh, Ryan. But she looked ridiculous. It was so funny. <laughs> So funny. And that's the Thursday before the convention. Couldn't go into the convention and set up or anything. Um, and we had a good time. Hung out. And um, <clears throat> that was the Thursday. <laughs> um, fast forward to Friday. And uh, around noon-ish, they allowed us to go in there and set up. We linked up with Josh and Sheena on our team. And we started unloading all the premium stuff. Around that same time... Um, was about what time you guys got in, right? That's right. And so 
I will pivot over to you guys. <laughs> and so yeah, we uh, we we wanted to get there. I mean, like, so both of us, uh, you know, we we have this problem where we don't have a whole lot of leave to give. Yeah. Um. So you know, I would have loved to get there on Thursday, but uh, circumstances being what they were, couldn't leave till Friday. But we left early. We drove from uh, Papillion, Nebraska, which is right outside of Omaha. It's about a seven-hour drive up to Milwaukee. So with stops, you know, we're looking at seven and a half to eight hours. Yeah. Um, it was it was it was great though. I mean, like you know, driving up by myself, and especially after uh, being diagnosed with narcolepsy, probably isn't the greatest idea um, at the wee out, uh, morning hours. But uh, you know, having someone next to me. On the drive, Helping totally you. helped. Um, uh, but yeah, we we got in around one o'clock, I want to say. So it was right after you guys were able to start setting up. But we dropped off our bags and immediately went to the the hall, got our badges, um, and uh, started helping you guys set up. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I've ever actually like seen a, a setup um, process like that, especially with gamers for gamers. Holy hell, they have a lot of stuff. Yeah, like Josh and Sheena and our team, they don't mess around. Um, they've been doing conventions for like 10 years. They've been doing conventions for 10 years. We all realize that we don't want to <laughs> like have a setup that big ever. Like We like, oh. having, we like having our hell games no. on the table. Like Have some trailers playing. Maybe we'll have a switch out or something unlock. But like that's it, man. Um, ah, dude, they they freaking build and tear down a fortress every single convention. That is insane. And the thing is, is that like this convention was really cool because we had basically three and a half tables. Like we had a whole corner that we shared. Um, they shared a whole giant booth with MegaCast Studios, which they only yeah. sent a game developer. So we got to hang out with the game developer all weekend. But like. So we are able to like spread out and have each one of our titles with standards and retro shown off with items out, um, and it allowed it to breathe a little bit because if we have two tables, everything is crunched. Um, yeah, big time. Having that third table, we were able to have the books out. Technically, we had four tables because we brought our own table as well. Yeah, and um, this this was the first time that we had uh, as many games as we did. We had ten games, ten. you know, both retro and standard. Like on the table, plus some deluxes. So we we had a lot of stuff to sell. It's it's one of those things and books. where and the books take up a space, man. I yeah. still fit up fill two um two tables with my books, and in reality, like I just brought my Switch books. We brought Tristan's book, and then we had like a copy of Punch Out. I had some of my mm-hmm. older ones. I just put in a stack, and those sold. I just brought put them in a stack because if I have. I have so many books I've released now that I could just fill up a booth myself, and yeah, it's could. it's a lot of it's out of stock, which is you know to the benefit of the support that everybody has given us. But um, like the games though, we had stuff that's out of stock, not on the website that Josh Ashina had like a case of. So we had like ten copies of a game or twenty copies of yeah. a game. Um, we had some silver editions of Orabody for the NES that we had there. Um, all of them but one sold. I have the one still, so it'll come to another convention in the future. And that's what we do. We're not going to put it up online. We're going to bring it to another show with us. So when you find us, 
you know, you'll find maybe something special from us. Um, and so it's just really crazy though. It's like, we probably are going to have to chat with Scott and be like, two tables is like the standard. Like I, you can't do one table setup with premium anymore. Not with 10 titles. It's just going to be like packed. It's going to be too much. And I think the branding, like the, the, um, because you had the banner that you created, Tristan. I think that was amazing because it like was perfectly centered behind us. Having the ones on the the actual cover on the um the table cloths, like those ones there, which I think Coffin found us some some treats for it, and then we found clips and we made that work. Um, I think it all turned out perfectly. You had that um the clamp with the um trailers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing was awesome yep. because now cuz I mean I brought my laptop which is cool, had a little touchscreen and everything, but like with yours the way it was set up, like people could go over there and like interact with it like a kiosk, which I thought that turned out it couldn't have turned out better, honestly. Yeah, it was Yeah, I, and it, it made it made life for, you know, like um with with your laptop and and the other stuff, I mean like People are always asking us like what the game plays like, but you don't really get a sense of what it plays like unless you see the trailer. So we, yeah. you know, we have to direct them over to either your laptop or that kiosk. Um, it just makes it easier on us and and a, a better experience for them, just so that they're getting something that uh, that that they want and they're not like surprised when they get home and disappointed. Not that they would be disappointed because all the games are awesome. Um, I do, and some of our newer team members and some, you know, customers who come by and ask, oh, do you have a game to demo? Um, logistically, with so many games that we have, um, it would be tough because the one game they'd want to demo, we wouldn't have on hand. Like, that's just yeah, how exactly. it would work. And getting all that on a Switch and everything, like, and, you know, the fact is we'd have to have it on lock and key or whatever. Um yeah. Like, Scott has an idea of where he has it, like, behind it, and you got a, a cheap controller or something. Um, that's pretty good idea. Um, that worked out pretty well for him at a different convention. So as long as he has the right games, that'll be pretty cool. Um, but the setup, I think the setup went great. Um, it went late as hell, though. Like, because <laughs> we were helping Josh yeah. and Sheena. And after that, what did we do? We went drinking? What did we do? Oh no! I, we, uh, Coffin and I went back to the room and like just uh, I think we slept, didn't we? Didn't we just because like we were roomed with Scott? I don't think we ended up going out with you uh, or oh. with anybody on on uh, Friday night. I want to say Friday night. We didn't. We didn't leave till ten. I think it was ten o'clock. We left the the actual the actual MGC and left and got food. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so we went to the Third Street Market for food. So we like walked across the street or whatever uh, with Josh and Sheen after we helped them. And uh, we ended up linking up with some of the old Nintendo Age and Tetris guys. So I saw Christian Dietering there, uh, Vince, who run... Uh, and, uh, oh, crap, Steve Vince Luger. was there? Damn Vince's. it. He rode on my back like Yoda. He's huge. He rode on my back. Oh. So, yeah, we hung out with... Hung out with... Uh, and then and Frank... Westfall, who we work with with Premium. They were all there. Um, we were doing some some drinking, some hanging out. Uh, they had The only thing they had open was like some taco place. So I had some delicious tacos. They were really cool. 
Um, and then Josh and Sheena also had some anime uh, friends of them. They're like anime vendors. They were at the show, and they we had we hung out with them too. And then they had uh, Mario Kart over there, so we were playing some Mario Kart. So that was a, a fun little thing. Um, most of the time at these conventions, mind you, I don't have time to go around and actually play video games because we're always hanging out with people we know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Fridays, usually, the other thing is, um, this is the first year at MGC that a Friday I'm not outside the vendor hall. Usually I'm, like, outside. So, like, last year, premium was, like, outside the vendor hall right in the middle. But that also meant that people could come by Friday after they get their tickets and buy stuff. Um, we did not do that this year. Um, yeah. And then one of the other crazy things, as MGC, chaos always happens. But we always figure it out and help out as much as we can. Uh, initially, we were going to hand out our games, Cathedral. Um, and it turned into an anxiety attack for me Friday night. It was It was insane. Um, so, uh, essentially it turned into, well, can you hand out all the games? And I thought it'd be like two games, three games. That's what I was told. I was like, yeah, we can hand out a couple games. Ended up being eight games. Um, and then half of those games weren't assembled on Friday night. Um, and then they also wanted us to sell the games, which then that was something that we didn't have the capacity to do. So, um, yep. Luckily, you know, Dan's always awesome. We had a plan. Um, they ended up moving over to the merch center so they could sell the games, hand them out or whatever. And then we helped out, um, which appreciate everybody helping out, like you guys. And we had some community members um, assembling with MGC. Um, but that transitions to Saturday. And the classic where Scott's like, oh, the table's set. It's perfectly set up. And I go, hey, Tristan, come here. And we looked at it. We're like... Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, stuff was flipped over, and it was insane. I'm like, we got to have it feng shui. So we, we kind of gave um, Scott a kind of a, kind of a one, you know, 101 on how to make stuff look cool. It made it look cool. Um, <laughs> so, so we all woke up Saturday. Assembly. Um... The chaos, man. So, so what do you all got for the chaos? Okay. It was yeah. so that morning was pretty wild because I think we were like, I think it was like what six thirty when we got up in the morning, and we just kind of got Josh, and then we just kind of rallied and went over there, and then we also had some some other friends that we had there that were going to the convention, and they also helped with putting the games together, and then you guys had to set up your booth, yeah. so I stayed with those guys and helped. Dan and them try to get the rest of the like the Sega Genesis carts done, and they had uh, Ryan doing the Nintendo carts, and then they had uh, a couple other people just putting in papers and, and closing them. So it was it was pretty chaotic when we were uh, in that booth. <laughs> Craziness. Got it done though. Yeah, I mean uh, it was all hands on deck, and you know we we knew a couple of uh, we we've got some friends that were there uh, from a Facebook group that we're part of, which he's, yeah, he's got the shirt on the UNES. Um, and, uh, we knew that, uh, they were, they were game for helping us out. So we, you know, phoned a friend, they got up there, they freaking crushed it. And, uh, definitely appreciative to those two. Um, well, uh, it was, uh, Donald Grunlow and, uh, Matt Cadillac. Is that right? Matty Caddy. There we go. Hey, yep. Okay. 
Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I got that right. I'm shouting them out. I just want to make sure I don't get that wrong. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, like Jeff and I kind of left and, and uh, set up our booth because it, it had been uh, a little bit messied up from the, the night before whenever we set up. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we barely got it done in time for the 9 o'clock, uh, you know, the the very important gamers yeah, were able to get, get in there one hour early before the uh, the big rush. And, um, man, dude, Dan hooked us up with, like, some prime real estate. We're like, like, you walk into the in vendor the... hall, you cannot miss us. Just bam! Like, huge sign, all of our games right there. And, uh, yeah, so we, we had a lot of foot traffic coming by us and asking us about the games. Everyone was super excited. Um, one thing that, man, like, uh, I'm sure Jeff is used to this. He's, he's probably desensitized, but I'm not, I'm not uh, tired of it yet. I, 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 it's so cool whenever like someone comes up and like, uh, you know, they're a backer of your games. I mean, not your games, but your books. And they're like, uh, yeah, man, I really like your book. And like, thank you for making it. And, uh, I was a backer and, you know, I'm just always blown away, like meeting the, the Kickstarter backers that actually helped me to 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 make my books so uh that was a really cool experience um the one one uh that came by that wanted to buy my book but didn't want to like lug it around because it's you know what five pounds or something like that Eighty-seven uh, pounds. Gonna, yeah 87 yeah. pounds um so he uh he bought one online later uh ended up he was a college professor and he was putting together a curriculum for a video game history class and he wanted to use my book as a reference which i thought was the coolest thing ever so yeah i honestly though like doing this as long as i have i really you don't get desensitized to it as long as you (laughs) enjoy doing it because like oh for sure because like i mean one guy that came by and was chatting with me was the guy who tabbed out my nes oddities book when he was hunting all the homebrew stuff He's like, dude, I was, I was like, were you the guy in Portland? Because I told a story about you. He's like, yeah, man, it was me. I was like, that's super cool, though, that people take the time and enjoy something that you do. That's why I've said, like, if a couple people enjoy it, it's awesome. And when you get feedback, that you don't get that feedback all the time. Usually. Oh, yeah. Get- I mean, you know, on a, on a on a normal Tuesday, like, you're just, you know, going about your business and, and like, uh, in your own little world and you don't realize that people actually enjoy and, uh, and actually like comb over the stuff that you're making. Um, so to be able to go to these conventions and actually like interact with some people and, and get that real feedback, it, it really, um, it's, I I don't want to say it's vindicating, like, but it definitely makes that time that you sunk in the time that you invested, uh, worth it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the time I get desensitized think is about it, like, the time I'm going to move on, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I, I was, like, seeing a lot was, like, you guys were, like, it was, like, you guys are being Santa Claus and the kids are thanking you for their presents. It was, like, really, really <laughs> cool to see it, you know? That's funny. <laughs> Joy the presents. I mean, it all, and honestly, like, it almost goes back to, like, you know, Coffin's Game On story from back in the day, like... I feel like I'm the same exact way as I was back then, where I'm just appreciative of people that support and having a good time, hanging out. I mean, now, admittedly, I was off this weekend because I knew I had to do stuff that upcoming Wednesday. 
Um, so I was a little bit different than I normally would be. Usually I'm freaking crazy, Energizer Bunny. So, yeah. um, but I still, like, it was still fun as hell. And seeing people even enjoy the games we're putting out or any piece of anything we've designed is, like, ridiculous. L- watching yeah, them sure. look at the damn strategy guides and the robot named Fight One, which we had copies of, and they're like, oh my god. <laughs> like, it's so cool. Oh, that's a cool uh, picture that it I wanted one. What was that coffin? Your your fo- your your uh, picture froze with you like with your mouth open. <laughs> the uh, the robot named Fight Guide. I've been looking at that forever. I even you can even ask Sabara about it because like I wanted it for so long and I couldn't get my hands on it. So when it was there, I was like, I gotta get one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That one was the interesting one where. I had to rewrite that sucker from scratch after it was already created. Developer and I, Matt Bittner, had to go over every page and every analyst Oof. to make sure it's accurate. Like it was a, it was a crazy one. Um, we haven't done a, a, a premium guide since, but that's because the next one is Sunshine Anthology, which um, yep. you know Saint Tristan of Abara is helping with. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, That'll be pretty fun. I, yeah. I like I like putting together manuals, and you know, strategy guide is just. Uh, Manual on steroids. It really is. I honestly, the goal was to do like one premium guide a year. So the fact is, 21, 22, 23, um, kind of had about a an extra year in there. But there's an art book for Raji in there that's hardcover. So yeah, and, and it's not like we're not doing books too. So it's like plenty of books. I know, yeah, me. our own project. Mm-hmm, sure, exactly. So um. Going back to MGC, uh, chaos all day, both days at the booth um, to the point where people were like, I had to wait for, you know, like different people to leave so I could look at stuff. Um, but 1130 on Saturday, Tristan, we did a panel. We did. Yeah, that was the first panel I've ever done. That was pretty cool. Um not gonna lie, I was a little nervous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could tell, but uh, um, you did great. I, oh yeah, overall I think I did okay. Um, it, you know, I've I've got a couple things to to learn from. Just just like uh, this podcast, I'm learning as I go. Yeah. But next time, I'm not gonna bring games up and put them directly in front of me so no one can see. <laughs> <laughs> like all you can see was my face. I'm an idiot. This is amazing. Whatever. Um, the thing is, too, is that there's a few ways that I've done panels. Um, that one, I figured would be more interesting to have the YouTuber who is running the bonus stage, which is, I think it's Pixel Chainsaws. What's his name? Uh, it was something it was Chainsaw. Chainsaw. I don't think it was, I don't think it was Pixel Chainsaw. No? Was... Well, let me look it up so I get it right. Um, Tiger Chainsaw? Tiger Chainsaws, Yes. Yeah. Um, dude was super cool. Awesome dude. Um, and he has a pretty fun channel. Uh, but since he was there, I knew he's like, you know, was a YouTuber. I was like, the f- what I said to him before we started, I was like, hey, act like you don't know anything about what we do and ask us questions. <laughs> he's like, oh, that'll be easy. He's like, I'm just learning about you. I was like, perfect. Um, because otherwise, um, once you do a couple panels, you almost get into a routine where you forget or think you've already said something where you feel like you're repeating something and you hadn't said it at this mm-hmm. convention. 
Um, yeah. Especially, I did, there's a few years where I've done 13 panels and 13 conventions. And, oh, um, no. yeah, and it was like, I would kind of bring on a guest every time. So that's where, like, if you go to the adults of video game bullshit on our podcast stream, you'll notice some of these panels all have a different guest. Like, I'll have Thoracroland on with me, or I'll have Kurt Collada on, or whomever. Uh-huh. It's, it gives it variety, so that way it's not just me rambling the whole time. Because um, otherwise, I'll forget where the hell I am, and it'll be the same shit over and over and over. Um, but having him there to ask questions, too, and I knew it was your first one, so I was like, I didn't want to put pressure on you. Um Made it good. Um, and also, I knew it was going to be a really tough panel for me because Kyle and I did the video game bullshit panels there every year. Yeah. Um, so I knew that was going to be tough. So I just said, we'll just do a premium one. Um, it's not going to be on the video game bullshit channel. It's going to go on the Switch, the premium playcast, the Switch-based one. It'll go on premium's YouTube channel and everything. Since it was only premium. I mean, we talked some something about books, but it's mainly premium, right? So... You know, it's one of those things where it was a really cool one. Um, I'll do a little bit of editing, get it to them, the audio. Um, and we'll make sure that that gets out there. Because that was a really cool panel. I made a lot of people taking pictures, posting it on social media. Um, but um, what do you think was the biggest takeaway from the uh, panel, though, Tristan? Well, first and foremost, so we were supposed to have Coffin on the panel. Yeah. And due to some miscommunication, that was 100% my fault. I I thought that, you know, since it was just premium, like, that we were only going to have us two. But we were supposed to still have Coffin. So I'm like, hey, Coffin, we're not going to have you. Yeah, that was my bad. Um, he was supposed to be up there talking with yeah. us, too. So. Well, you got to realize, uh, too, is that, like, outside of us being a sponsor for premium, like, I'm on the website as a guest, and mm-hmm. next year we gotta make sure you're on there as a guest and we get coffin on there as a free game bullshit like that has been 10 years I've been on there for a guest so it's like I'm on the bonus mm-hmm. stage just to talk me however it's way more interesting for us to talk about switch stuff it makes I, totally, I totally agree and I mean I that's that's where um, I mean coffin I've known him for a long time he and I have been friends for um, you know, over a decade now. Uh, and I, I know that he, you know, we're all three of us, honestly, are pretty like-minded in, in the way that we collect. We're really passionate mm-hmm. about it. I mean, we're gamers to the core. You can't, you can't separate the gamer from the person cause it's the same thing. Um, but, uh, it, he brings a different perspective because, um, you know, obviously he's a different human, has different tastes. So the more the merrier, and that's why I'm glad that he's on this podcast. And then you know he should have been on the panel with us too. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, to take a little pressure off me. Nah. Well, I was just like it was like it was like basically like I didn't want to interfere with anything, you know, because you guys were you know it's that's your business, you know, you're going on there, you're doing your thing, you're trying to promote, and so I just like I told him, I said I said you know I said you guys should be talking about your you know your releases. It should be something that you guys should. Uh, work towards you know i'm always i'm always a big supporter of everybody i like supporting people that have a passion for the same things that i like and so it's just good to it was just it was honestly just good just to just to actually see the con itself but also see the inner workings of how things go on during the during the three-day cycle and it was just pretty amazing just to kind of just be a fly on the wall and look around and see all the cool things you guys were doing as wild um usually we're at the main panel hall 
Last year, ship was full. Um, yeah. The whole panel hall, the giant one, was filled. So, like, us being on the bonus stage with uh, a small amount of promotion was definitely different. Um, but in the future, like, we guess I just got to make sure, like, no, no, we're, we're doing, we'll do two of them. Do a premium one, then we do a video game bullshit where we talk collecting. And we'd have an hour yeah. on the main one, too. I'm not used to this 30-minute thing. We're already done by the time we get our intro. Yeah, dude, that was over before we knew it. Like, I couldn't believe we I were told up there you, for 30 minutes already. told you that's how it's going to go. I mean, he, hell, even here on the episodes, we barely get through, like, anything. And we're already, like, an hour and a half in. And we're... we're oh, that's another thing that I learned. Uh, put my, put my uh, mouth up to the mic next time. Eat the microphone. Tristan. Eat the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's and because it's the thing is like when you're recording in a room like you are now, like my microphone's right here and it picks up things decently. It's still a little bit quieter because uh, it's not right up on me. Um, but I use a program to equal out all of our voices because like like coffins is much louder than both of our audio on this on the live. Channel. Just his voice. Yeah. But it's also where his microphone is. It's it's a better microphone right now. Bar, did you? And he. What's up? Did you uh, tell Jeff the most popular person that was at MGC? No. Most popular. Oh, <laughs> do you remember? Well, are, are you talking about? Oh yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. Randy Macho Man Savage. He disappeared. He's, he's got this uh, jacket and dude like everywhere yep. he went. Like people are like, oh my gosh, can I take a picture of that? Like. Yeah, he was the cream of John the Riggs. Actually, did a did a cutaway of my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> the cream. He, of the there's a video. I saw his video, and the first thing he was sneaking up behind me, like taking a taking a film of the actual jacket, and I caught him, and he kind of like turned away. It was really freaking hilarious. But the whole the weekend, Riggs. everyone wanted like pictures with it. Yeah, everyone wanted pictures with it. Uh, I walked on. I went to go get my insulin because I'm a type one diabetic. And uh, people on the streets were trying to stop me to get pictures with it. I was like, and I told him, I was like, I guess my jacket's the most popular person in this whole entire uh, convention because everyone just seems to stop and want to want to take a picture with it. And someone offered you weed, right? Like a joint? <laughs> yeah. So we were walking up the street, and there was these uh, sweet ladies that were behind me, and they were just having a normal conversation. And as soon as they saw my jacket, they like blew up like oh my god macho man randy savage she's like can i get a picture and i was like yeah sure and so she went behind me took a picture and she's like you want some weed and i'm like nah i'm good you guys enjoy yourself enjoy your conversation <laughs> and just kind of walked off and she was so it, like they made her whole day basically that that uh that macho man jacket that's hilarious <laughs> even the wrestlers were asking me where i got it from like the wrestlers were like where did you get it from and uh they had a, uh, it was, it was really funny because they had a release of it and there was only like a hundred of them. And I told a bar, I missed the first one and I was so mad that I missed it. And then the second time I, the second run of them, I got it. And so all I did for like a week, I was working uh, where he's working at now. Uh, and I would walk around with that jacket and they're not supposed to be wearing that jacket in there, but everyone was like oh, popping yeah. for the jacket there too, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine seeing someone in U.S. Stratcom walking around in that Macho Man jacket. Someone dared me to wear it. Someone's like, I dare you to wear that jacket in here. And I was like, I'll do it. And so I rolled to work with it on. And then people were like stopping and popping for it. It was so funny. Well, I mean, yeah. we did an ugly Christmas sweater 
competition at work. And I'm military, and I wore a Macho Man Randy Savage purple sweater. It says cream of the crop, and he has a creamer with him. Um, then my daughter wore old school wrestling podcast Macho Man Santa sweater, too. So we both had Macho Man sweaters. Two, two Macho Man Christmas sweaters this year for the party. Amazing. It was really fun. So, yeah, I definitely respect the Macho Man swag. It's awesome. And it was Mania Weekend, which... Made it all more fun. Yeah. Let's see. The so. other thing that was really funny was the elevator situation, too, because uh, every time I went to go get uh, food for us or go downstairs, I kept running into people. Like, Shang Tsung was one of them, and I said, I, I guess your soul is, is yours now, and he started laughing. Uh, I saw uh, Phoenix resale with his mustache. And then uh, who was the other one? It was a, it was a, it was Kung Lao. Kung Lao was on there uh, going down to do the band thing, which I thought was awesome too. And I was like, every time I step in this elevator, someone famous is in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing was is that you mentioned um, Briggs doing video. Um, there were quite a few channels doing skits with us this year, which was interesting. Phoenix Resale yeah. did one. Um, Tiger Chainsaws, he did one for sure. Um, and then there was, um, another one, I think square pegs, the guy who came on after us, he's cool, dude. Um, he also, um, did a little like portion where he showed off our panel and stuff. So like Phoenix Riesel hasn't posted theirs yet, but he did a long post. His was funny though, because he was trying to get like a, a perfect, uh, YouTube screenshot that he would use for his title card, and we never had people leave the table enough for him to get it perfect. Yeah. We tried. We Last tried. day was really funny, too, because uh, we, when the, when the convention was closing, uh, there were some guys that got on the elevator, and I accidentally pushed the button, and they thought that they were oh actually on their gosh. floor, and they went out of the elevator, and then I told Abara, like, let's go, because the elevators were really, really full of traffic at the time so we snuck in there and pushed the button and they kept conveniently going towards the other direction and they didn't say anything it was so funny oh jeez <laughs> craziness um yeah. so so Saturday though we backtracked to Saturday um finished mm. out the convention and then it was time for the after party right so yeah. um we ended up uh doing the after party gigs, which started with Kung Lao and the Scorpions. Um, I think Ryan and our team got some kind of crazy chicken or something with it. Some kind of chicken food or something. That was uh, Dave's best food, food ever. Oh my gosh, it was good. Yeah. Looks so cool. good. <laughs> Looks cool. Um, yeah, I got my little allergy thing, so I couldn't eat it. But I think I had some fries or chips or something. I can't remember. I was drinking you you were destroying fries i remember that vividly yeah it was johnny <laughs> and you were both boy. destroying those fries yeah i mean that's all there was for me to eat so i was like ah, i'll eat that um it was um I, we were drinking johnny i Walker joked I, I call it like the mortal Kombat endurance round because everyone was so tired from the convention but everyone was trying to stay up and be positive and have fun and it was like it was a ball i had a blast yeah i have to um you know give crap to our team member joe who ended up uh, grabbing the Mortal Kombat dudes and, and getting them wasted up in his room. Um, apparently, though, they also went to the hotel bar. And so if we would have went to the hotel bar, we probably could have hung out with them. Um, I did not... Well, that would have been nice for Joe to, I don't know, let us know. 
I know. It was craziness. Um, the, the, the quote of the weekend was, we would mention Joe and everyone would go, who? Who? Because, like, he would disappear drinking the whole Yeah, week. Joe, okay, Joe, if you're watching this, dude, you, I've never met you before. I say <laughs> hi to you, and you can give two craps who I am. Was it and- Sunday? No, it was Saturday. I think it was Saturday, yeah. You were already there over a day. Ha! <laughs> Whatever. Oh, my God. It was so funny. But, like, um, yeah, so a little after party. We hung out there a little bit um, to listen to Kung Lao and the Scorpions, which was fun. And then I think we just hung out, and you guys played, or I know Coffin played in the Mortal Kombat tournament. Yeah, the the organizer like came up to me. He's like, "Hey, do you want to play in this tournament?" I'm like, "No, no, no, I, I won't." But there's a ringer right there, and I like pointed a coffin, so I, I like threw him under the bu- uh, under the bus. That's funny. The poor lady that had to verse me. Uh, she was like, "I don't know how to play," and I was like, "Well, I'm not giving you any more." <laughs> and so I beat the brakes off of her, and everyone was like, "Why would you do that to her?" And I was like, "Hey, man, she's getting on the sticks. I have to. I have to defend my honor." Exactly. No, I mean, it is what it is when it comes to these conventions. It's fun, though. Um, And usually we don't play too many video games. There's too much. We're too tired, honestly. And then we just want to hang out and just shoot the shit and catch up. No, it was... Amar was was instigating with Josh. What's that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So. I said he was instigating with Josh. Josh beat one round, and uh, Abara was behind me going, ooh. And he made me so <laughs> mad that, like, I had to defend my honor and, like, beat him. And then Scott was upset with Abara because cause he got beat. And it, it was so funny. And then I burst. Then they threw me against. And then everyone started, like, immediately, like, uh, going to each round with me. They kept selecting me. And I was beating everybody until I got to John, uh, Gamestar81. And he, he, uh, he was just jump kicking me the entire time and I couldn't stop him. <laughs> he cheesed you. <laughs> eh. That's too funny though. But yeah, it was, um, um, yeah, it was wild. Oh, go ahead, dude. That was wild. Yeah, it it was fun talking with everybody, but uh, in in those after parties and in you know clubs or whatever, it's it's always a challenge because they've got the music up so effing loud and. Uh, you know, it's no different than that after party. Like, they had the volume up to 15. Well, was the volume crazy. was a lot quieter than it has been at other conventions. Yeah? Um, oh, man, Oh, that's yeah. You go to, like, Cobra Arcade Bar Game On Expo in Arizona, and it is blasting loud. Yeah, that place like, is crazy. Like, you can hear yourselves talk at this one. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's really loud at some of the places. Um... But this the other funny like- thing that was happening was uh, people standing. Everyone was like hurting; their feet were hurting from the, all day at the convention, and everyone was like doing an endurance round there, trying to see who could stand up the most. And finally, everyone just kind of gave up and got seats. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing I do like about like MGC is like they have their type of after party, and then there's other conventions that do their own things. Like too many games will have metal bands playing, like you know James Rolfe's band, uh, Rex Viper will play. But then they also go to the hotel, and everybody just hangs out there and chills. And they'll sometimes mm-hmm. they'll have food there, and then then you go to the bar, and every and everybody's there, including the YouTubers, just hanging out. Um, game on is cool because we all go to you know Cobra Arcade Bar afterward. Um, and usually there's like a, a hangout at the um, hotel afterward. But like some of these conventions 
have some really cool after parties. Those are my favorite ones. Southeast Game Exchange, uh, Austin who runs that, will have like a spot at this other bar where he'll just like rent it out and everybody just goes there and shoots the shit. Um, and I like it when the conventions bring the vendors with the guests. Because um, what I don't like is when they try to like segregate. Because like in reality, it's like everybody should be hanging out and doing cool stuff. Like we're all yeah. there at the show. Um, to, Where did we go in Portland? Was that Quarter World? Uh, was that the arcade bar that we went to? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Quarter yeah. World. Yeah, that was, was super fun. That was fun as hell, and yeah, Portland was a different beast. Um, that was the the first night, right? That was the one that was ran by whatnot, and they had open bar. Yeah, open yeah. bar, open food, open games. Oh my gosh, that was cool. That was Great. really cool. Yeah, I think we we were too tired the second night. Like we were blasted. Um, oh, I was. Yeah, I was. I was dead to the world. Yeah, and some of those conventions, they're like that. Um, Midwest, I try to try to hang out with too many people, man. Um, Austin uh, for Classic Game Fest. Uh, a lot of the Midwest gaming classic usual suspects are there, and it's even crazier. Like going with Tim Kitzer and Daniel Pacino and Paul Niemeyer to a jazz bar and just hanging out. Um, yeah, that's cool. Like, like it's just those are the cool ones because they don't do a, a convention thing, but then just some of you know some of the guests that you know I've known forever, we just go out and hang out. I remember a couple years ago, Ryan, because Ryan lives out there, um, and I went with Paul and we went to this bar called Outer Heaven, aka named after the game Snatcher, and that's cool. I'm the oldest dude in there, and I'm with Paul. <laughs> Everybody else is college kids in this dance party but i'm a big vinyl collector i've been collecting video game vinyl since the very beginning and mm. um if you haven't heard of moonshake records they're like one of the ones who created vinyl well the dude who, re- who owned and created moonshake records is behind the thing in a cutoff shirt spinning music and doing djing um and I'm, like, I'm like yeah, I know who you are, and he's like, "Holy shit, you actually!" I was like, "Yeah, I was one of your very first people." I got the Dark Side of the Moon Zelda album. I got you know all the original stuff from him. Um, I got the he... Smashing Pumpkins one. Yeah, I asked like, "What happened?" And he's like, "Well, I started this." So he said, "I was like, oh shit." Um, so he owns Outer Heaven. So I know Ryan's planning on doing Outer Heaven this year again. That was super fun, and that's why those conventions are cool. Is the stories like that? So we all got to get together at this after party, but it was the memories of us just all hanging out. Yeah, and and, and dude, I, I you know I've been to a handful of conventions now. I, obviously, it pales in comparison to the the repertoire you've got, but, uh, I've been to screw attack gaming convention a few times. I've been to, um, super BitCon a few times. I've been to retro Palooza and let's play in Portland three times. This is my first time I've ever gone to Midwest gaming, uh, classic. Like, um, it was the best time I've ever had at a convention. Um, it was so much fun and, you know, I, obviously I'm on the other side, but still, even if I were like, uh, you know, got a VIG ticket or whatever like like that, that this was a really well run, really big uh, convention with a whole lot of vendors, a whole lot of good stuff to buy. Um, just over overall, a really good vibe in the place. So I mean, <laughs> there was a freaking wrestling ring with like pro wrestlers in the the corner of it. Every once in a while, you hear like year. Matt just like. 
What's that? This was the first year they had wrestling there. Oh, for real? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if that was like um, every time. But. No, too many games really cool. has had that before, but like it was really cool. I agree. It was yeah. awesome. Um, I like yeah, no, it was an MGC awesome time. has the best food vendors of any of the conventions you go to. Um, they have the Pecos Pete or Bill or whatever it is, the, the soda cans. Yeah, the root beer. Um, the root beer dudes. Those guys are cool, but having the coffee dudes there and the smoothie people, like those type of stuff is really keeps you going throughout the day. Oh, um, for sure. Oh, yeah. And by the way, yeah, thank you, Coffin. You were a lifesaver. Like, you know, I was stuck at the booth, like, doing uh, a whole lot of sales, and it was hot in there. So I was getting really dehydrated, and, uh, you know, he, he was acting like a runner and, and getting water every once in a while for me. And thank you very much for that. Well, I just felt bad that, like, everyone was, you know, like, working really hard, and it was really hot in there, so I tried, and he, even Josh didn't even ask me for anything, and I went and got him stuff, and he was like, thank you, I am dying in this suit, and so I was just glad to help out and try to, like, help him while you guys were doing sales and things like that. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was craziness, and, you know, S- Sunday was the same deal, crazy day, yeah. lots of sales, um, but... Let's talk about what your favorite pickup was of MGC. We each get one, maybe an honorable mention if there's something if there's really two cool ones. But we'll start with uh, you, Tristan. Um, I didn't do a whole lot of shopping, but um, it's easy for me. Uh, I uh, picked up. So um, just to go back a little bit. Uh, about a month ago, I, I purchased a uh, candy cab, a Japanese candy cabinet, a Sega Astro City uh, arcade cabinet with a uh, Tate mode. I know people say Tate. Tate mode. And it sounds weird. I love Tate But anyway, mode. yeah, yeah, Tate mode, Tate um, mode. monitor. Tate so mode. I picked up a JAMA board of Sengoku Ace to throw in my JAMA cab, and it is a fun, fun shooter. Hell yeah. That's a cool-ass pickup, man. I can't yeah. believe that you found that there. <laughs> like, arcade stuff. Uh, yeah, there was, there was a dude with a whole bunch of arcade boards, and I bought both the shooters he had. So, Well, my thing is, when it comes to that kind of stuff, pick it up, because that guy will never be there again. Um, one year, right. uh, when I got my Nintendo Red Tent, they had original pieces to the Nintendo Red Tent, like the buttons. And the manuals uh, and stuff, and that never showed up again at an MGC. And now people make replicas of it, apparently. So it's like you mm-hmm. can't even find them. So it's like I bought them, lucked out. Uh, one thing I didn't do this year, which I wish I would have, is go to the Vetrix dudes because there's like two Vetrix guys there. Um, <laughs> I didn't go to them this year, but um, yeah. What'd you get, Coffin? The big one that I got. Was- was on the last day right before we left and that was the uh there's a actual biohazard controller that was actually made for the uh for the the director's cut of resident evil for ps1 and re2 and what's so rare about it is one it's an original box but it has actual capcom sponsored herb like tea herbs inside the actual uh the actual packaging and then it had the stickers for the original thing not touched and uh, it was very expensive uh, to to name a few. I tried negotiating it down, but uh, it, I will never see it, so I had to grab it. That's cool. Um, the real question is: Are you going to drink the tea? Should. Yes. Yes, I will. 
<laughs> Craziness. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, is that whenever I go, like I go that, to that, so many of these conventions now that I don't typically um, buy a ton. Uh, this yeah. convention, I got a bunch of homebrew stuff and all that. Um, got the 3D printed stuff, so I know you got one too. Um, but I still think my favorite thing that I found was from Josh Nishino, which was literally like a Super Mario Brothers Famicom lunchbox that I got from them. I think it was cool. cool. It was a cool thing. I've never seen it before. Um, it'll be a nice little, you know, piece to add to the uh, collection. But it, I didn't pick up a ton of stuff outside of that and supporting. So I think I got about four or five brand new, like, NES games and I got the Moto X Super Nintendo stuff, and I got all those. But, like, I mm. always pick up all that stuff. That stuff's pretty cool. I love that stuff. I got that case. I love homebrews. The little uh, developer that was next to us that uh, was working on his game. I was the backer on his Kickstarter, so he gave me my backer copy right there, which was pretty cool, and signed it. Um, so that stuff's awesome. But, yeah, I um, the stuff for me is the little small things, you know, getting... But like that, that Famicom lunchbox is probably my coolest thing. Yeah, I didn't get a ton of stuff outside of that. <laughs> well, it it helps. I mean, it it do, it doesn't help that you flew, so like you have to keep that in mind that you've got luggage to uh, to pack. I and, drove back, and, man. Oh, you drove back. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Um, I had yeah, no excuse. Right. I knew that. I, I had no that. excuse this time. Uh, my yeah, wife well. gave me so much crap. She's like, why aren't you coming back with the Foo Fires pinball table? Uh, <laughs> and then I was a smart ass on Sunday and took a picture of one of the boxes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I got it right here. And Josh is like, nice. no, she's going to make us grab it. I was like, well, that would be cool, but I'm not spending $15,000 on the. Is that how much it was? For the, the, the ultimate one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, mm-hmm. wow, wow. Yep. I think eventually I'm going to get one. Oof. Eventually, but not now. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the thing is, is that also with me, like, having to pack up my house, I was kind of not buying a ton right now. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you would immediately have to put it into storage, so I don't blame you there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so should we transition to the second part of the episode? Sure. Because something so. that happened right after MGC yes. that we all good. did. Um, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> John Leslie Gamo. And <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, there we got more. We got Spike. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Got the figures. Um, so I actually wasn't able to see it until yesterday. Um, mm. so on Monday, um, cause I was out, you know, visiting family and everything. Um, coolest thing about it though, was I went, went with my daughter. She was off school yesterday cause of the, the Easter holiday. Um, she said it was the best movie she's ever seen, which was really cool. Um, and when she was like one or two, her and I played Mario 64 together. So she had played Mario 64, knew how to throw Bowser, knew everything. Um, when Mario Odyssey was released, her and I played it. She had her own save. And we were we even got all the way to the dark side of the moon. 
Like, we were playing everything. Um, so she got all the references. She got the, <laughs> you know, the wedding Bowser reference. She got, you yeah, know, yeah. him throwing Mario spinning Bowser just like he did in Mario 64. He, she, she got all the different sounds. She was waiting for Tanuki Mario to come out. Um, like, <laughs> it, was, it was like she was like cheering and happy, smiling the whole time. And, you know, her being always on her phone and, and doing Roblox a lot and developing, like, it was awesome to see her like go, oh. Yep, she's definitely my daughter. <laughs> and, nice. and I want to say, like, movie was amazing, but I want you guys to do your take, because I know Tristan had an awesome posting that I read, an emotional posting. But yeah. to, to me, it was perfect. Um, definitely a kid's movie, but it was perfect. I personally didn't care about any of the music that was in it. I thought it was cool. It was meant for kids. Like, it was great. Um, Absolutely, little, little yeah. References, you know. no sleep till Brooklyn, hilarious. Like, <clears throat> like whatever. Um, and I didn't, I didn't complain about anything at all. It was per. It probably is because my daughter was like glowing the whole time. It made it like that much yeah. cooler. Um, and you know, I I watched it with my wife. I didn't. I don't have kids, so I, I didn't watch it with a kid. But um, I went there watching it as a kid. Me watching it as a kid. Big kid. Um. And, uh, you know, he, he alluded to it. I, I posted about it on on Facebook right after uh, I went and saw it. Because, I mean, it, it had a pretty big emotional impact on me. Um, I wasn't expecting that either. But, I mean, from, from the moment they got sucked in and, like, Mario was, like, spat out into the Mushroom Kingdom, they did such an amazing job with the musical cues and um, just kind of conveying like the gravity of where he is and, and you know that world that all of us grew up playing um man did it, it just hit all the feels for me so like i i kept getting choked up man like i was tearing up um and my wife you know she had no idea she thought i was just enjoying the movie which i was but i was just enjoying it in a different way because dude um you know like like i said before in this podcast we're we're all gamers here. Um, I'm a gamer to the core. Like I wasn't a gamer before Super Mario Brothers came out. Like that's that's what cemented myself as a gamer. Yeah. Um, my my grandma just out of nowhere like bought us a super. A, uh, excuse me, not Super Nintendo and Nintendo Entertainment System. And um, dude, ever since uh, I've been obsessed. Well, so think about the references, able- dude. Like you had even in the game. And near the beginning, or in the movie, they had a guy playing Jumpman, dressed as yeah. Jumpman, voiced by Charles Martinet, who's the yeah, voice dude. of Mario. Like, I was yeah. like, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and you know, like, Mario's old boss is in there. Foreman I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Foreman Mark, Spike. Yeah, Wrecking Crew. Like, I used to play Wrecking Crew all the time, so. The pizzeria they're in was Punch-Out Pizzeria. Yeah, yeah. Like I said that and, on there. Uh, He's playing Kid Icarus on the NES. With, they with go a, into why the they're called the it. Super Mario Brothers. It's just like some some like uh, marketing ploy for them. Where they had the capes and <laughs> they're like flying awesome. on strings. Yes. So good, man. That was hilarious. Um, I mean, there's just so many re- references, man. Yeah, uh, just references all over the place. Like if you aren't looking all over the screen... On and like every single part of that movie, you're gonna miss something. So Mario's room uh, was filled, like the yeah, R wing above the TV while he's playing Kid Icarus, and then there's a baseball 
uh, NES baseball poster and like, oh my god. I, I think the reference, the references that that uh, are the Easter eggs that I um, enjoyed the most, and I thought were the most impactful, and in something that got me tearing up again, um, was anything that had to do with Satoru Iwata, uh, the you know former the president cards. of Nintendo, who who passed away about uh, ten years ago now, um, more or less, but. Um, yeah, he was uh, he was just such a beloved figure uh, as a gamer, as as a uh, Nintendo president. Um, he really got it. I mean, he started it as a uh, as a developer. His first game was Balloon Fight, um, which was another reference in there. Like <laughs> you probably caught the Balloon Fight guy, like uh, as a sign on the side of a building. Yeah. But uh, that that dude, Iwata, like absolutely uh encapsulated what it is to be a gamer and um someone that's just uh really in the video game uh world and and we're kind of you and i jeff are, are kind of in that same world where we're we're making games and we're gamers ourselves so iwata is just like the pinnacle of that yeah and um yeah so I, I was really happy to see that, you know, and of course they're going to, to pay homage to him. They couldn't not, but I was really glad to see that. That's cool. What about you, Coffin? Well, you you know that they you know, I've written some topics in the book about my mom, and uh, my mom was a big influence on me being uh, into video games. She was really big into Donkey Kong. Uh, she, we used to go to Chuck E. Cheese. We were kind of really poor, so we would take quarters and she would play Donkey Kong and I'd play Play Choice 10. And so when big things happened, she always uh, took advantage of it. And so 1993 came out and, you know, as we were joking here with the figures, uh, went to KB Toys and got these two figures right here. Uh, was super excited to think that, you know, like the movie that the kids got today were was the movie that I dreamed of as as a kid, that what I thought the movie was going to be. And then you go yeah. to the movie and it's something completely different. But I enjoyed the movie for what it was. My mom made it a great experience. She took me to get the 7-Eleven cups. She made a whole day of it. So for me, it, I've always liked the movie. I've always thought it was awesome. But what's so great about... The situation that I was in, and you probably saw the pictures of me dressed up as Donkey Kong. The reason why I dressed up as Donkey Kong was for my mom. And so I surprised my kids on Easter to go see the movie, and it was just a fun thing to share with my kids the same thing that my mom did for me and go see this movie. And they absolutely loved it. And that's the the portion of it that I enjoyed the most was I get to share my love and admiration for video games with my kids. And my, my mom passed away really early, so she never got the opportunity to do this with my kids. Yeah. So, like, we do things like, for example, like... Uh, uh, like Blockbuster, you know, you used to, you, we used to go on Fridays and eat pizza and stuff. And so here in my house, we call it Pizza Friday. And then so I wanted to do the same thing to, to represent my mom. So I dressed up in this big Donkey Kong suit and basically scared my kids. You can see the, the video of it on Facebook. But uh, they were really, really excited about going. And they had an absolute ball going to the movie. And uh, I'm just really happy that finally I got a closure to it. You know, that I actually got the the movie that I dreamed of as a, that I wish to, that I would have seen as a kid finally come to life. And I think it's just awesome that, uh, that it, uh, they did so much respect 
for all the you know the things from Nintendo that I just enjoyed as a kid. So I just thought it was completely awesome. I mean, and you think about it like you you hit the nail on the head. Like this is what we wanted as a kid. We yeah. wanted when we grew up. Um, they hit <clears throat> all the pieces. I love that we were able to to share it with family and children and spouses. Um, and I mean the graphics were were amazing. Illumination oh, does dude. such a good job. Like it's the the fire flower uh, field. Oh my gosh, looks so cool. And there's just so many like pictures that that just like will live on. And now I want to play a damn video game based on the movie. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I hope. Something's in the works, man. Apparently, I hope on... there's an MCU in the works, a Mario Cinematic Universe, oh, Donkey Kong. Amazing. <laughs> um, apparently, Bowser's song with Peaches is trending now, and maybe <laughs> getting an, a you know like an Oscar, an Academy Award, or something like that. Like, like Jeez. apparently that's a real thing. Did you it's... order the vinyl? No, there's a vinyl. I am eight bit has a vinyl of the Bowser and that song is like uh, it's like a seven inch and it actually has that song on there and the Super Mario Brothers Super Show and they also did one for the uh, the uh, the actual soundtrack it's actually official Nintendo soundtrack which is why I was excited because Nintendo never releases their soundtracks so to have the Mario movie one uh, they had an exclusive one and they had a red and green one for Mario and Luigi which I thought was awesome. Didn't know anything about that. I'm going to check it out. Hopefully they still have copies available. I yeah. bet they don't. Uh, but I will try. Um, no, but it was it was super cool. Um, I was not able to get the popcorn bucket. Uh, my yeah, movie either. theater didn't have them. So I just got normal, you know, normal popcorn. Um, you know, when we go there, though, my daughter gets all her snacks. So she got gummy bears, popcorn, and a slushie. Um as I said, I had a PT test this morning, so I got a vitamin water as <laughs> I <Like>, hydrated. <laughs> um, was yours an AMC theater that you went to? Yeah, I think it was. Oh, crap, and they didn't have them. That sucks. I think it was. You haven't seen them on eBay? There's only people on there with like 60 of them, and yeah. they basically have them all lined up. And I think it's just the movie people actually buying them and then trying to flip them. Exactly. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, if I really wanted, I'll buy it. Um, it would have been cooler just to get it for my daughter so she could experience it. Um, it's funny, yeah. though, going in, she was trying to be like cool, cool 11-year-old kid. Coming out, she wanted to take pictures in front of it and doing all the stuff after because she was so excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was... And the thing was, is like, the way they represented Peach was perfect because she's like, you know, she's the princess. Like, in Mario 2, like, you always play as a princess. So, it all made sense to me. Uh, Toad was, was perfect. Luigi was perfect. Mario was ridiculous. Like I didn't know. I didn't think about the actors except for Jack Black, because I mean, too big of a presence. <laughs> but it was it was pretty damn awesome. Pretty damn. Uh, Jeff, awesome. the uh, the vinyls are pre orders, and you can or- still pre order them. Nice. I'll have to have to pick one up. Make sure you guys shoot me a link or something so I don't forget. Because I yeah, I'll fire that terrible off. Terrible with that stuff. Um. But yeah, hundred percent on the Mario. Did you both stick around for both Easter eggs? I sure did. Yeah, I did too. Yes, the last Easter egg was really cool too. So, um, be interesting yeah, to see and, and yeah, Natalie and I were the only two that stayed in the theater and saw that. 
everyone else left. Yeah. Yeah, London and I were the only two as well. Like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping, though, that they see the popularity of this and we get we get Zelda and Zelda in the future. That'd be flawless. Punch out in Metroid. Chris and Metroid. Yeah, Metroid would be the, the one after Zelda. That would make sense. But you know what they're going to do, guys? They're going to have a Kirby movie. Kirby, Kirby, oh, Kirby, gosh. Kirby, Kirby. Like, like, uh, like, you know they're they're going to have one. Um, I'm sure they will. Already I would like a Donkey Kong Country with the KR rule. They already got, they already established all the characters. They had Funky Kong, they had Cranky, they had all of them in there. So I they're think that's there. where they should go next. Donkey Diddy Kong Country there. would be amazing. Diddy and Dixie were there too. That'd be sick. That would be really cool. Donkey Kong Country would be a fun one. Um, you know, then we get Star Tropics. You know, big big franchise. <laughs> Yo-yos all day. Yo-yos, Mother Three, the movie. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I just hope that we get more more cool stuff. Like that's it. Maybe they'll let us do the premium packaging of Mario movie. That'd be amazing. Let's <laughs> yeah, let's do it, Nintendo. Um, should we uh finish out here talking a little bullshit homework? Sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so, um, bullshit homework, uh, we're still playing Metroid Prime, um, I am still playing it, Prime Hacks, on the Steam Deck, um, I haven't played since the airplane, but I did play it on the airplane, so, um, I was in, when we had last stopped, in the last episode of Video Game Bullshit, uh, I was in the Iced Tundra area, um, so basically... Every level of this to me is like I'm lost in a maze, dude. Like I'm don't know where the hell I'm going. Like I just, but it's cool because the controls are fun. I you know explore. Um, I'm hunting. I forget where I've been, so I'm probably having to repeat, retrack places. All this crap. Um, but I feel like I got through all this stuff. I don't think I've fought a damn boss in three of the last areas, so I probably missed them somehow. Um, but I did get the boost ball now, so I can go and and boost with the uh, with the um, morph ball now. And so there's like these little boost areas that were popping up, so I got to the next boost ball area, and then I think I was landing on the plane or something, so I stopped playing. And I haven't played since. It's been about a week. But this week... Gotta make some time. <laughs> so, I made some progress. A couple hours of progress in the game. Um, loving it, though. The, the HD graphics on the Prime Hacks looks great. Um, what about you, Tristan? And then we get to hear where Coffin's been. Um, well, it's it, Coffin's gonna be able to speak uh, really quickly here, because I didn't play it. Uh, I, don't, I didn't have any time. Figured as much. So, the only time... The only time that I would have been able to play it is the last couple days, but I was doing the uh, video editing, yeah. so um, that's my excuse. While we're never in a hurry for, for bullshit homework, we are going to play Tears of the Kingdom when it comes out, so like, oh, for we, sure. we do have some time. Um, I wouldn't mind playing Kirby Return to Dreamland eventually, but um, I might just play it on my own because I don't think you're going to be interested in playing some Kirby. No, 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 no. Don't get me I wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I love, I love Kirby, Kirby games. 
I hate the frequency with which they come out. Okay. I, that's that's um, fair. Very fair. They come out so fast. I would love to get Zelda's out that fast, or Mario's out that fast. Yeah, exactly. So, do you play it all, Coffin? Yes. So, I just to give you a little background into it, this is actually the copy I got at EB Games when I was a kid. Uh, this is the actual copy that uh, that I have, and I've always loved Prime. Uh, Prime at first was kind of kind of scary. I'll be honest with you. I was a big. Uh, I really wanted it for Fusion, so they had a deal. It was cheaper if you got Fusion and Metroid Prime together. And so I went on the day it got released, and I got Fusion, and I played Fusion first, and then I finally went into Metroid Prime. Uh, the original, I will say honestly, there there is a mode in the remaster that's not there that I'm sad about, and it's called Fusion Mode. So if you beat play with the, play with the costume. Yeah, you get to play with the costumes. Basically, like hard mode. So, like, you get hit like like a truck, basically, in the game. So it makes it harder. But also, if you're able to beat it with fusion mode, you can actually unlock a a uh, original uh, the metro the original Metroid game uh, for the NES on there, what? and it, it actually does a save. It has saves like the Famicom disc version. Yep. Holy crap! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah and it's and that's the reason why I bought both of them because I was like, well, I was really excited that I could play both games at once you know like uh, you know do it the uh the remaster the say the things i like about it is the controls for sure the no offense to the gamecube but i absolutely hated the controls yeah uh, they they drove me crazy and on there they're just so buttery smooth uh i also i hate to say this i'm not the scanning fan in this game like i hate having to scan every single thing in there it drives me crazy but I understand they're trying to do the lore, and their mindset was, hey, you know, you're exploring this area, so you have to figure out what's going on. And uh, the other thing I don't like, and I'll say this, is, is the, uh, I call it the AKA, the Google Maps on the on the game itself, because it just, like, hits you at places at randomly. Like, you'll just be doing something, and it's like, oh, there's a disturbance over here. And then it's just done in, uh, like, stop signs, and so you have to go to that stop sign. You have to figure out how the hell you're going to get over to there. And it's just really, really kind of like annoying. I hate. I know that they're not trying to, they're not trying to like push you towards that direction, but it, it is very confusing when you're trying to look through the map and trying to do things. So when I first played it, I was really kind of like frustrated with those things. I kind of worked through it, but I, I enjoyed it. But the remaster, uh, I wish they would have fixed the map system for it. Uh, I'm in the same place you are with the boost ball, or as I call it, uh, Tony Hawk's uh, Pro Skater for Metroid. Yeah. Because you basically <laughs> just have half pipes that you're just going back and forth on. Uh, and then all the, I was doing. The, I, I probably spent 15 minutes doing that. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. And it's also really funny, too, that I forgot about this game. Like, there's so many random spots where you can, like, sneak between walls, and they actually have shortcuts. But they never explain it to you, and if you're not looking at the strategy guide, you would never know that these things actually exist. It makes it easier for you to, to get to certain directions. Well, and, so and I, often, I, so you know, the way I play bullshit homework, I don't use any online. I don't use anything unless I get completely lost. So I'm not doing tutorials. I'm not watching videos. I'm going at this shit like fresh, like I'm a kid running the damn game back in the day. And I and I'm doing the same on the on the remaster. This is like when I when I first played the game, I would literally yeah. have 
I'm obsessed with strategy guides because if I get to the point where I get frustrated, I'm just like I've had enough. I'm just gonna look at this book real quick, and then. But it's it's it's. I always joke. It's like it's like just you're like okay, I'm gonna just do one, and then later you just keep flipping through the books and trying to do the same thing over and over again. I get obsessed but, uh, with the book. I'll just use the damn book, and yeah. A, now I'm like following a book instead of playing the game. Um, the thing is though, with bullshit homework, what we're gonna do is we're gonna hit the end of our period for the homework, and then. We'll all give it like a grade, and after we give it the grade, which some of these games are going to be like amazing, but um, we're going to talk about whether we're going to continue it on our own, on our own time or not. If it's that impactful, where it's like, all right, our time's done, we're moving on to the next thing, are you going to continue playing it? And that's the question. I'm I'm the Metroid guy, so I have to say yes, and also Ryan is my Metroid brother. We're not done yet. We're still going Ryan's, with the homework. We got a couple weeks. Yeah, Ryan's my Metroid brother, and if I said no, he probably he probably beat me up. So, absolutely, yeah. I love playing that game, and uh, and oh. my goal for it, I'm hoping uh, down the road that they actually do a re-release of two and three because two is interesting too because it's kind of like the links of the past with the light world and dark world, and I think a remaster for that would be amazing. Well, like Prime Hex that I have, I have the whole trilogy all on HD. So, like, I can continue doing them all. And I never beat the original Metroid Prime um, or played two or three. I have them all when they came out. I have, also have Trilogy when it came out on the Wii. So, um, I just never... I always played games for about an hour and then put in the backlog. Hour, put in the backlog. So, I'm going to continue playing Metroid Prime even when we finish our bullshit homework portion. It'll just be slow rolling. Um, because it's so convenient on the damn, um, deck, on the Steam Deck. So convenient. That I can just fire it up in short bursts. And then get lost as hell, which is hilarious. Um, but after Bullshit Homework, I will use guides so I can get through. Um, yeah. but for Bullshit Homework, I want a fresh, I want a kid-like experience. <clears throat> um, and it's up to you guys if we want to move on to another homework after you know this week or or maybe by next week we could talk about our our final because i want tristan have some time to play um but um but like we could talk about if we want to move on to another game or not we'll, we'll talk about before we record so that way we like have a plan uh because there's lots of games that have come out and there's some fun stuff that's come out recently yeah so um personally yeah i i would like to uh continue on Yes. For the simple fact that I, I haven't had a whole lot of time to play it, and I want to give it a fair shake. So far, I'm I'm a huge fan of that. Um, it's it's really good. Uh, I played it on the GameCube, and just like uh, Coffin said, I, I didn't enjoy the controls, so I didn't I never I never really stuck with it. Um, if something has frustrating controls, cough cough, the latest Star Fox, um, I'm not going to play it. So. Um, yeah, I wish, I wish the controls were better in that damn game. No, um, yeah, me too, because I love Star Fox, and they, they really, uh, they really screwed the pooch on that one. The game is cool as shit, just that the, it's frustrating. I'm not gonna play it. I wish they would just go back to Star Fox 3D, like, the one they did for the uh, 3DS was awesome. And I think the problem is, if you look at all the different variations of Star Fox, they had Star Fox Adventures, they had the one with the Star Fox Assault with the tanks. They always try something different, but they never stick to the what, what made it great, which is basically the flying. The flying portions of it was amazing. 
Yeah, they like they they peaked at Star Fox sixty four, and I, I mean, how is that possible? Like, how long ago was that? Oh my gosh, get her, just go back to the original formula. Like like those freaking N sixty four wrestling games; those were amazing. Everyone raves about those. Go back to that. Yeah. It's coming back. AEW is doing it. AEW bought the licensing for that uh, for that uh, gameplay. So it's I. At first day buy. I already saw the the uh, the, the trailer for it. That's a first day buy. AEW I cannot wait for them to bring forever. that back. AEW take forever. <laughs> I really wish it would come out though, because it's going to be cool once it does come out. Yeah, I hope it lives up to the hype for sure. Because if they went back to the same formula, that same uh, fighting engine that that existed for you know the WCW games and WWF 2000 and oh my gosh dude it's it's over like mm-hmm. people are going to be so happy well exactly and it, it, what they liked about it was the slow pace cuz now the yeah. the new games are are different yeah. so they're just not as fun they're fun to simulate um one that i really yeah. liked which did have a reconnaissance or a renaissance was uh, fire pro wrestling returns um, yeah, 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 yeah. Love that game, and then they released yeah, the really new one. Serious. They did the new one, and the new one was really awesome. And then they did like a New Japan thing where you had Ken Omega in it and Bullet Club and everything. Um, but I have it on Steam. I just really haven't put time into it. The, mm. the Fire Pro Wrestling World. Um, but um, I think it's time to transition to the outro. We've been going over two hours, and I think it's after midnight here for me. Um, <laughs> but. Um, Coffin, you're a fan of wrestling, right? Yes. So I only have one question for you outside because Mania just happened. WrestleMania just happened. Are you a fan of how Cody Rhodes was treated where he didn't win the big one? Or do you feel like it's going along the right path? So think about this being an old school wrestling fan. Uh, when Ric Flair was there and he was champion, guess who was chasing Ric Flair all the time? That would yeah, be Dusty American Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> yes, the American Dream. So, uh, but they he would chase it all the time, and he, he would be chasing, chasing, chasing. And when he finally got it, it was like this huge payoff. And I think what they're trying to do is, I think they're trying to do the same thing with him. I think they're going to have him chase it, provide for another year, build yep. him up, and then basically take Roman out. So, how I see it is that we have guilty knowledge that we know his journey. We know where he was originally. We saw where he was in AEW. Now we're seeing this. If we look at it strictly from a WWE current perspective, he came back at WrestleMania last year, won. Went versus Seth Rollins a couple more times, even once with the torn pack, won. Disappeared for a while. Came back, announced he's going to be in a Rumble, won. He has no hardship because he came back to WWE. So it's a perfect time right now for him to go through some struggles. So um, the A the A and E documentary just came out on the American Dream that the Rhodes um, has Dustin mm. and Cody on there. He actually talks about kind of alluding to he's going to go through hard times and the hard time struggles that made his dad, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, such a legend in the business. And so if they're going about that route with Cody right now, they're doing it 100% right. Um, he has absolutely earned the position he's in. He is absolutely over. Are they going to be able to cap? Is he going to be as over as he was at, at Mania Night 2 ever again? I hope so. 
because <laughs> that was amazing. Um, he got screwed over. Of course he did. Roman Reigns is being a dirtbag heel. He's a bad guy. Like, um, I also feel like they're going to, they're still building up all them days for Roman. I think he's going to hit some kind of pinnacle. And I heard something on a busted open podcast with Bully Ray. He mentioned something that I thought was interesting. Instead of him winning the big one at Mania, there's one thing that would be bigger. And it's coming up in September. What if he won the WWE title from Roman Reigns or the Undisputed? At Madison Square Garden. That would be insane. So, I'm just saying. So, there's other ways for him to finish the story. And the story ain't done. It's a book. We write books. They're never done. But also, you you know the Vince McMahon book as well. You know he's back. And what he likes, he likes big guys. And, you know, he's in that mindset of, you know, it's got to be believable. And with him, he kind of keeps the same script over and over again. That's why I, I kind of push towards AEW was because I could literally turn off the TV and then come back six months later and it's the same storylines and it's like what is going on? Is it buying a Twilight Zone? I, I don't so think I hope they don't Man is actually back. I think the Dirk Dastardly mustache evil villain yeah. version of Vince McMahon that came back. I think that M. was for that I think M. Bison McMahon came back though for that sale, that merger to have a strong front because he's friends with the guy who owns the Embracer Group of you know of WWE and all that. Like the Embracer Group, so one of the ball of the video games. But um, I I feel like he put he's putting on a front for them to make sure. Yeah, I'm still still in control. Triple H is running the show. I have a feeling all the backlash that fans have done ha- will do a positive, and they're gonna allow Triple H to keep going. Um, Vince has some say, unfortunately. I hope. I hope I'm right because I don't want it to go back. I'm so they just not going to watch. Said he was the board of directors. They said he was the board of directors now, but sure. Nick Khan is the president. So the Khans, basically on both sides, they're brothers with Tony Khan. So it's funny that both Khans are running both organ- wrestling organizations now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of AEW, by the way. I've been following being the elite back when they were still in the Bullet Club when they started all in. Um, with Cody when they when Dave Meltzer bet him that they couldn't sell out a venue, and Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega made him eat. Um, I still feel like the CM Punk things will work. Um, I feel like there's a lot of personal stuff to it. I still feel like CM Punk's gonna come back after his injury's done. Um, which would be amazing that they did a long work like that. Um, but enough pro wrestling talk. That's just fun. Um. I'm a big fan. I watch a lot of the uh, recaps, though. So um, I'll just not watch WWE if it goes back to how it was back in the day. It's it's very interesting the last year. Um, so let's see. Um, you don't watch I it all, have, I just have – no, I – so I used to watch back in the 90s, like, religiously. Um, so I, I really only have one thing to add and it's, um, uh, it's, it's in complete agreement with you guys. Um, I mean like, uh, instant gratification is a thing that everyone wants, Yes, they but, do. uh, there, there, there's a reason why Rocky two is the best Rocky movie. Um, he lost in the first one. He mm-hmm. lost, Yes, he but, did. uh, it, it made number two and his victory so much better. Mm-hmm. So I would I would almost say Tristan that Premium is the Rocky two of video game publishers as well. Like we're 
Damn straight. Slow. We're the slow company. We're not looking for instant grind. Because that's the thing with games. You notice people are like, well, you got next. What do you got next? We got a new game. We got a new game. Like, we don't do the instant gratification. We're going to do a direct, like, every quarter, maybe every half a year now. Like, we're Mm -hmm. slow rolling things. Like, same thing with wrestling. You got to let the the story play out. Like, it's. We're not in a hurry. It makes makes the games that more important though that more uh memorable and, and that more enjoyable and um, it'll make cody rhodes when he gets his payoff which i hope he does that much sweeter i just hope nobody gets injured or fired in yeah, the time yeah. frame something crazy happens out of the control because like he really it would be amazing seeing the the payoff for that story mm-hmm. love it and the thing is that's why I know that I still enjoy wrestling because that story made me care. And I've been following <laughs> that dude since he left WWE. And it's been, I watched him win the NWA title. That was amazing. Um, that was awesome. Watched him fight his brother. That was amazing. But um, I'd say let's uh, bid you adieu. Oh, I just did a Kenny Omega. <laughs> um so, um, what do we got going on this next week? Anything crazy? Um, well, immediately we've got the uh, Premium Edition Direct tomorrow night. Yes, um, for, forgive me, I forget what time, so you're going to have to remind me. <laughs> It'll be 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time okay. in conjunction with our Twitch stream that Frank does every week. So... We'll do the premium direct on Premium Edition Games' YouTube, and then it'll transition to our Twitch channel that's also linked there. And then we'll be doing like a live Q&A type deal with the other team members that aren't podcasting at midnight on Tuesday. Um, and, um, and it'll be fun. Uh, the week after, like, we should have something maybe for, for pre-order, something new. Um not on the website yet because i haven't created it because i don't create anything on the website to give any hints until direct drops and then i'll start creating some stuff so tomorrow i'll be be creating things um but yeah there should be something available potentially soon soon um we we did talk about the ore body pre-orders that was pretty awesome that went up so that thing was going on um the rest of the stuff for this week, uh, Poggling's Kickstarter is freaking crushing it. Um, it's currently sitting at $146,930, and, and it's not even the end of day one. Not even close. Insane. Um, the NES Kickstarter still going. Got two weeks left to back the complete, N- the complete NES. Um after that's done in two weeks, I'm going to gather up stories from everyone who's contributing. Um, and then I will start integrating the story portion into the book and then push it for print. Um, I'm going to be working on it on a Switch kiosk, so it'll be super meta, working on a Nintendo book on a Nintendo kiosk. Um, but I'll be uh, I'll be doing that, um, so appreciate all the support with that. Um, outside of that, though, I think we're just going to be hanging, chilling. Yes, sir. Working on new stuff. I know you and I are going to be working on finalization of some some art. Classics. Mm-hmm. Classics. Um, anything else to say before we uh, 
head out? Nope, it's been a pleasure as always. And um, again, thank you for the uh, experience of um, the best convention I've been to. It's our home convention. That's Premium's home convention. They take care of us. Go there every year. I'm going to try to fly in next year. We'll see if I can get some plane tickets that don't cost me an arm and a leg. It'll be fun, though. Anything else, Coffin? Uh, I just want to thank you guys uh, for, uh, for, one, giving me an insight into the convention. That was really great. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at uh, GI Gamer uh, 1981 on Facebook. I do short videos. I try to help collectors out with you know knowledge, knowledge stuff that uh, that I uh, kind of you know send out reels, videos, and type of things like that. Just try to make it fun. I try to make it kind of old school. You know, I'm big on uh, opening your games. I know there's a lot of sealed collectors out there, so I apologize, but uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, having me on. I definitely appreciate this. Oh, um, and by the way, I'm on Facebook again. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't talk about Welcome that. Back. I didn't talk Welcome about that. Back. So I am on Facebook again. I've I haven't been on there. I had a lot of people asking me if I was hacked or something. It's like yeah, like last summer, and I just created a new account finally. I was tired of being off. Um, been a lot of people. I'm only adding people I know. Um, we talked about that I think last week, but or two weeks ago. But like I'm only adding people I know. Um, so if I know you. At me. Um, that means if we, if we know each other online, that's cool. Um, but as always, appreciate everybody listening. We only had a couple people chatting, but we recorded later tonight, so kind of goes with it until people realize what time we're recording at. Um, yeah. But appreciate everybody, and we will see you next week. Hopefully, we should be going. Later, guys.
Apple's man.